0: Bev's Video Kingdom is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is
1: advised. Bev's Video Kingdom is brought to you by Red's Prison Contraband Service. Are you thinking of breaking out of prison, but you just don't have anything to hide your giant hole? (laughs) Maybe you need a toothbrush to keep your breath extra fresh or your enemies extra stabbed. Did the guards just toss your cell and steal your burner? How are you going to call the shots from the hole? Toss your cell. Don't worry. Red's got you covered. With Red's Prison <laughs> Contraband Service, we know how to get things, and we've got specials for one, two, or even three cigarettes, <laughs> and we will hook you up in a timely fashion so that you can keep on prisoning the way that you have become accustomed Red's prison contraband service, where you get your things,
2: <laughs> dude.
0: Prisoning
1: <laughs> all that hole talk. <laughs> a lot of deep
0: hole talk. I fucking love that. Oh. Call them shots, man. Top oh. sphincter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can grab your favorite podcast
0: let's start
1: this thing. welcome to Bev's video kingdom oh my god I'm excited right now I mean this is it wouldn't be too much to say that I basically have just been waiting to do this movie, and I'm pretty much ready to check out afterwards. Are you going to quit? You're going to quit the podcast? Uh, I'm going to literally pick my mic up and drop it on the ground, and Go I'm going to walk away at the end of this one. It's, it's the, the mic drop. It, it's the mic drop. So this is Nate, and uh, this has been my favorite movie, almost probably since it came out, and it's held up. It's meant different things to me at different times, but for me, it's a perfect movie. What's it called? I believe so. It's the Shawshank something, and I can never remember the second word. (laughs) Extension. Exaltation or. Flatulation. Shawshank. The Shawshank Redemption. I watched
3: Shawshank Erection. Was that
1: the wrong word? (laughs) That's the sequel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. oh, okay. When they when they get to say, Zewatane- I was gonna say it was like
3: a beach and two guys. I was like, okay, yeah,
1: well, this is what get, Nate's get, into? That's goes wild. that's how it started. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah, they, they get done hugging and then uh, they go back up and like you know, cook up some some uh, tortillas and they have their little yeah, ladies. There's room. just a lot of grease. Yeah. That's only a lot of suntan lotion and grease. <laughs> okay, so uh, so Shawshank Redemption, fellas. You all had different relationships with this movie. Some Very you, different. Some of you, I think, <laughs> liked it a lot. So, Nikki, you you like you love this movie. I'm You've right
2: seen, there. It's you, been one of my favorite movies since yeah. I saw it as well.
1: Zach, you said earlier that you were like, I, I love this movie, but I haven't seen it in a really long time. So that yeah, this movie was
0: like one that I saw on like cable, I think, or something along those lines. It was like a it, it was on it was on something maybe like a free HBO day or something like that. And I, I I really haven't thought about it since the first time I thought about it since I watched it was when I started to become friends with Nate and he was like super dorked up about it and I was like uh, that's that's a, that's kind of pejorative really? but okay hey, exactly. this guy's a dork <laughs> he was super dorked up about it and I was like I was like okay yeah that movie is good like I liked that movie never thought to watch it again uh,
1: uh, so so and then you then this is it you watched it a couple I, days ago I watched it today okay I finished it twenty minutes before
0: we got here. You're you're I was pulling one whored. of me. You're pulling I was like, mine. dude, I was on my third screen, bro. While, <laughs> while pooping, I was just like, uh, <laughs> fucking, dude, crying, crying, out. walking down that beach while freaking pinching a loaf. Uh, and, and
3: while you're saying this guy's a dork, I mean, we we do have to say that he has the the movie poster yeah. out here. Um, he has a
1: piece of the tree. Yeah, so I'll, I'll put up some pictures on the socials. But um, so I, I have. For, for years, I mean, decades, I've had the movie poster hanging at, at times in my bedroom, in my garage, in my office. Um, it currently hangs above. It's the only thing, basically, it and two guitars hang above my desk in my office at home. And then a few years ago, my family, um, my wife and, and my kids got me. A piece. Of, so, so the tree that's featured in the in the movie that uh, is sort of the the big oak tree that that you know is is significant at the end. It was struck by lightning and split in half, and then the rest of it fell over. This is maybe five or six years ago, and so it was privately owned. So the people that owned the tree were like, "Well, we're going to make some bank," and so they started slicing little tiny pieces of the tree and then like burning in little images. And so they got me this one that says it has a picture of the front of the Shawshank prison. It says the Shawshank Redemption crafted from the famous oak tree in the 94 film and then it has a picture of the oak tree in the wall and then the quote get busy living or get busy dying andy Dufresne, and it's like a legit it's pretty rough like it's sort of a nice finish on the front but feels like a tree on the outside so that also hangs below my movie poster so yes i would say it's fair to say i dork and he's got a shirt reality. on right now too. And, I, <laughs> and i have a shirt <laughs> and my wife got me a shirt that says uh dufrane and redding fishing charters they watch in the home So yeah i'd say i'm decked out yeah. okay so brad though so we've talked about this on our previous pod, but Brad and I have been best friends for, you know, going on nearly 40 years now. Certainly in high school when this came out and certainly in the years afterwards when I was like a full on geek about it. And I was like, Brad, you know, you're my best friend. We both really like movies. Could you maybe watch my favorite fucking movie of all time? I'll watch it I'll, with you. I'll bring the DVD to your house, which I did and leave it. And how many years would you say it stayed at your house? That question, yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm not exactly
3: sure. I had that DVD for a long time, and like I said, I think I, I said it at the last pod where when when you asked for it back, I just felt like total shit. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. you <laughs> shit. And I, it's, the weird thing about this is, it wasn't. Even, I don't think it was a stubbornness or anything. I just just never sat down and watched it. Like if I was about to start to watch them, I'd, I'd oh, I'm gonna watch this right now, and I never was sitting there thinking and then like. Oh, there's Shawshank. I should watch that. Like I just I don't know why I didn't do it. I have no real. I, I have one thing I can say, and and we'll get to that later. But there's one thing that I could say that maybe kept me from it. But I should have watched it. So are Sorry. you
2: and Nate now best friends? And now is it official? I mean, I don't know I I we, We've I, nearly we, shared everything. <laughs> this is might be
1: the last thing. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. We <laughs> <laughs> <Or, or, or, laughs> just become best did friends. We just become best okay, friends. Okay, so so yeah. I've been I mean, it's not it's not hyperbole to say that I've been waiting I guess around probably close to 25 years to hear the answer to this question. Brad, what did you think of Shawshank Redemption?
3: Well, well first off, I texted them last uh, or two nights ago when I finished the movie and I said, "Guys, I finally watched Shawshank" and I said, "It only took me uh it's like six years longer than than uh, Andy was in prison <laughs> and just like 12 years less than uh, red was in prison. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
0: checks out that's how
1: <laughs> that long it took up. me
3: to watch that movie which is man that's a long time when you when you think about it in the movie terms that's a fucking really long time
1: which is ridiculous i mean it came out in 94 right right oh my god we were,
3: T- we, T- were Robbins, high we were high schoolers dumb snot-nosed high schoolers running around yeah. and somehow all the movies like goodwill hunting and like mall rats you got me into like all that shit that i you you turned me on to i loved
1: yeah and this one was the blind spot so 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 tell me what did you think of shock redemption
3: I mean, it's a it's a classic American film. I mean, you you cannot argue anything more than it's just a pure film that's well done from start to finish. Um, and I'll have some more comments a little bit later, uh, just about kind of my, my the what happened with me as far as watching it. Okay, but like as as far as the enjoyment of it, yeah, we watched it with the family. Um, obviously, it's a little rough in some parts, but for the most part, it's just got a great message of of hope, a great message of. Uh, of the human spirit and it's tough to argue against any of those types of movies because it's going to be if you, if you don't feel something after watching this movie there's there's problems with you.
1: Yeah, it's definitely one that like you end so I you said you watched it with your family. I watched it with my son who's 16 and he'd never seen it, right? And he's he's you know watched walked by my office a million times seeing the poster and all this. And he's not a big movie guy, like he he's he's sort of just not his jam. And uh he sat there with me and watched it. Uh, the whole way through, and by the end was like on the edge of a seat, and it was one of a really cool and kind of unexpected moment. I, I didn't anticipate watching it with him. That's awesome. it just happened to be that we were together today, and I was like, "Well, let's put it on," you know. And, and so he watched it, and we we watched the last forty five minutes sitting together on a real screen, not my phone. And uh, it was just it was a real it was a really cool moment where I could see him just jacked about it, and then kind of like dig it the way that I think I you know, I did at that age, probably. So okay, so so what you what would, would you guys?
0: I was, I was just going to say that like like your son is so into history and right around this time period that, that this was going on, right, or stuff that was going on in the world right around that time. I bet it was pretty interesting to him.
1: Yeah, he definitely, the first thing you know, he's like, okay, wait, so this is in the 40s. He's a big yeah, World exactly War II. Right yeah, exactly. So he, he yeah, so he definitely had some context in that way, which I think kind of drew him in a little bit. He also, the way he puts it, he's like, I like movies that kind of get right to the point. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like a pretty kind of a slow burn. But no. I think for him it was like, it got you right into the prison and the right into the setting that the whole movie was going to take place in. And then it moved you through things. I never thought of it that way, but like from his perspective, it got going right away. Right. And it is a, in that way it's a reasonably well paced movie. It does not like get slow. It's not a slow starter in that sense.
3: One one thing I will say that I, I can understand why, like why it's so well liked. And in that same vein of like a lot of like good classic sports movies, it's that, that underdog mentality that, uh, being beaten down but you're going to overcome the odds like I mean it's got all those elements of like a sports movie that that really you start to I mean you're obviously you're rooting for them you want them to get out you're like this is an injustice da da, 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 da. And, and so it's got a lot of that same type of thing going on with with like some
2: of the best sports movies well and it delivers at the end that's the biggest thing all best sports movies they give you what you want at, at yeah. the end and from Jordan what, hits the up, shot Jordan right. hits the
0: shot at the end just like in this movie
2: like. exactly exactly um, But I mean as far as I mean I, I geeked out on this movie too I saw did you see it, Nate? Like when it came out, like not too long, like that year. Yeah, so
1: so I would have been, um, I would have been fifteen, sixteen in that range, and and so I, I'm almost sure I saw it in the theater. Okay, um, and I, I don't have like a vivid memory of seeing it in the theater, but I I'm pretty confident that I did, and I liked it right away. I think like it took a few years and a few watches for me to be like. Yeah. oh, this is, my, this is my movie.
2: So I saw, I, I didn't watch it till I think it was like the college years when I'm just like cranking through movies. Like didn't have time, whatever, sports, whatever, in high school, and then you get to college and my roommate, you know, um, Dave, was, who's been on, like we just dug movies, so we would just turn on whatever. I think it was in college and I geeked out on it. Um, I was an art major and so- First um, watch, you loved it? Loved it, yeah, immediately. Yeah. And I was at like the perfect age to just take it all in, and soak it all up and geeked out- so much so like my senior year Um, it was my last year of, of football I tore my ACL fourth game of the season and my football career was over um, at that point but I had played you know enough years that, but definitely went through a phase of feeling sorry for myself and like like just, just pissed off and saying fuck it and so for my senior project it was a collection of paintings and I was into all of this crazy kind of symbolism and kind of graffiti-esque type characters one of which I created just this they were all dark dark paintings um there's a dude sitting on a chair. I had issues with like I wasn't good at like um I was learning computers at the time. There's a little computer with like he's holding this gun. He had shot out the screen. There's all these little pieces and there's smoke coming out of the gun, but then there's a a wire from the gun back into the computer. He looks like he hasn't eaten like he's He's all sunken in in this dark room, red velvet, like red carpet or red wall. Um, chicken scratch, I would write ch- chicken scratch with charcoal on the wall, all this different symbolism. There's like a guy giving the bird. <laughs> Anyways. They're dark paintings. Scott's seen all of them. Um, Scott, Scott, I've
1: Scott seen the back's here in the in studio. He's, he's nodding vigorously. Yeah,
4: I mean they're amazing pieces, even oh, as yes. as twisted and fucked up as they look.
2: Yeah, they're yeah. fucked. Yeah, they're fucked up. And yeah. my parents for a, for a, a portion of time were worried um, about me, and I ended up I ended up being okay. Long story short, <laughs> I was geeking out on Shawshank. The name of the painting, I took it. It's called Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. Oh, I love that. And that, that's the name of it. And, they, you know, it had to do with feeling sorry for myself as far as, like, a, you know, a, a section of your life kind of being over and, like, okay, I'm done. I got I got my ass reamed by my professor because I was kind of dragging my feet on the senior project, and he kind of got on my ass, and it just like snap me out of it. Like, what am I doing? Like, just like get your shit together and just go. Like, what am I doing? So one of the things that I wanted to comment
1: about here and, and one of the things I love about the pod, and I guess I kind of want to ask each of you this question, but like I watch, you know, I, I'm a longtime movie fan and I really like when I see a movie and I like it, I like it. And I don't even think that, I mean, I'm, I'm as much as I'm a sort of like over analytical person in a lot of ways, I actually don't think ask very many questions to myself about why I like what I like in the in movies until for some reason like the pod always I always okay so why do I like this movie you know like what is it or why do I not like it in some cases and in some cases right why I like it is you know reveals disturbing things about me (laughs) I love actually pod but (laughs) Um, you know but this one like what one of the things I realized in terms of it being my favorite across I mean you know it was probably my favorite I would have said it was my favorite when I was 20 and I'm 42 and I think you could and certainly I checked in on this, you know, I probably watch this once a year at least since then And so I, I was asking myself like why do I love this movie and the answer for me in some ways was like Dependent on when you know the most important reason was dependent on like what part of my life I was in But it, like it has something and it speaks to me differently and So like, you know, Nick You're talking about this period where you're feeling really like, you know down on yourself and really kind of like sorry for yourself well, there's something there, right? There's something in this movie. There's a period of this movie. There's a, a part of this movie that speaks to that for me. Like I it was almost like there were to- really different things. Like on the one hand, I think a big part of it was like the, the way I see it now, the way, way I see, saw it then was I loved the like hope yes, and the like dreams of it. Like he never kind of gave up. And, and, and I think at a younger time in my life that would have resonated. But now what I see in the movie is that like his whole life had to completely crash down in his case for him to figure out who he really was, right? Like he has to ha- lose everything and go to prison and be in the bat worst circumstance to kind of like be the Phoenix and rise from the ashes and be something kind of very different than the life he was before, right? What it was to what it for him was to be successful and be alive and aspire to things, Were not the things that he imagined before he went to prison, right? So for me, I see that, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's my thing, you know, right now. But I I bet in 20 years, I'll still love this movie for a different reason. So, like, what what do you 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 really loved it, Zach? Like, what do you think moved you about it?
0: So the, I mean, the most the most moving part of the movie for me is uh, the old librarian Brooks when he gets out of when he gets out of prison, and when he lets that when he lets the bird go. Uh out the window and then talks later on about how he just goes and feeds the birds. He and keeps hoping Jake's Jake gonna show up. And you know. He never does. And he goes and he goes and he, he ends up killing himself. And man, it is just so fucking brutal and bleak. And I loved when Red gets out and he is like You know, I I think about you know getting a gun and trying to go back or ending everything, ending ending things. You know what I mean? But um, I I just I think that that's a real thing when he's talking about being institutionalized. You know, it's uh, you know I I want to I want to pick our our guest brain about like that aspect of spending so much time and then when you finally get out and the world has kind of moved on without you and uh, you know you might it's kind of like. Every time that I have something that I'm looking forward to, I always think to myself like this is how it's going to be. Like this I have this picture in my head of what it's going to be and it's never that. And sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. But I just I just think of these people in prison and they have to be I mean this is before TV, right? So they they couldn't really see what was going on outside. But then Once they get there, I just wonder how that compared to like their what they pictured it would be like when they got out and what it actually was. That's really like a crazy concept to me. So I think it's super interesting.
1: Well, and just a quick note on like one of the perversities, like I, I a lot of times in a lot of contexts, I think of this quote from Creed, the character in the American office at the very end. I think it's in the last episode. He says, like, you know, you know, people have this very strange way of like making whatever wherever they're at home. And in in a perverse way, right, like that's kind of the deal here, right, too, is like, you know, you can, you sometimes make places home that are real shit and then you miss the shit when you leave it, right? And like, that's some of what Zach's talking about.
2: Well, it's part of survival, right? And the way that, you know, there's two ways of looking, there's the way Andy looks at it and the way it's Red and they both are looking at, Andy looks at his, in his opinion, for survival you need hope and Red did, did his time and was able to get the only way to survive is to not is to, have the hope do, yeah, yeah the absence of hope
4: yeah the hope makes it worse when you're yeah there's no way of getting Can't out do the time you, with you have hope. to accept it just yeah. well and yeah, it's right. like
2: it's you, you, you're
1: caught in this really interesting position of like totally getting both red and andy's perspective on this and being like man i can see why where both of you are coming from yeah what, so brad if you had to say like you know to the extent that you really liked this movie, what what did you like? Like, why what it resonated with you?
3: I enjoyed it, but like I said, it what it does is it just brings me back to the, the the prison system. Every time Red goes up for uh, uh, parole, yeah. and it, and it's the idea of like what is rehabilitation, and and, and his little state his speech at the end is, is the part that probably resonates the most with me. It's just the idea of young men that make mistakes when they are still in their late teens or or early twenties and and they get into some messed up shit and they do something messed up and not saying that the things that they do shouldn't have consequences, but it's like, what is the point of when you put somebody in, in, in prison for 40 years? Like what, 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 what is the, what are we accomplishing here? Like what is the, what is the, the, the point that's being made? Because when they come out, I mean the, the, recidivism 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 of of inmates is is it's so high because when they come out there's so many uh just things going against them for them to go back to to a normal life in the society it's like the punishment lasts well be, well beyond whatever the the term of their prison sentence is
1: so, so you saying recidivism reminded me of something so so you know i got to know um this guy uh his name is scott budnick who he was the executive producer for the hangover movies Um, and, and so I know him a little bit in, in sort of my other profession and, and, uh, he got super into, you know, kind of by happenstance prison reform and these sorts of things and founded something called the anti anti recidivism coalition. And so I follow him on social media and I occasionally run into him and talk to him about stuff and hear him talk about this stuff. And it is crazy to hear like, you know, to 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 hear some of the stories along the lines you're talking about where people make mistakes. I mean, the kids make mistakes and the mistakes are actually kind of minor, you know, like they're in the wrong place at the wrong time and they're with the wrong crowd at 15 and they're tried as adults and they're in, you know, in for life or then for you know 25 years. And so that is, you know, when you think about it, like it does showcase that stuff in a really, you know, in a in a way that's pretty raw, right? That doesn't allow it to be caricatured very much, which is kind of cool.
3: Yeah, and then, like I said that 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 aspect of it for me uh working um, where I do with, with, uh, uh, I've seen a lot of young people who've been in victims as well as committing some, some pretty horrific crimes, just knowing that that's what they're in for. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's super disheartening and, and sad.
1: Yeah. So, so a, cou- a couple other things I was going to note. So this movie comes out at a time when there are just, it's a, it, it is amongst some crazy monsters. great movie so <laughs> it, came it, out it comes out in monsters. 94 and so it's up for best picture in 95 and here's the here are the nominees Four Weddings and a Funeral which you know is probably the second weakest so quiz shows the weakest I think of the, of the right. group um, and it's a great movie I mean like in, in a lot of years it would be totally legit but it's the weakest I think I think Four Weddings and a Funeral is a better movie and I especially for someone that likes rom-coms uh, it's it's great then you've got the like murderers row right you've got Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and Forrest Gump. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and, and Forrest Gump takes it right, right. Yeah, yeah. they yeah.
1: cleans up. And, yep. and, but I mean, you know, like there there are plenty. Let's just set Forrest Gump aside. There's plenty of people that would argue that. Cult fiction yeah. and and Shawshank are two two of the best ten movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Did, and yeah. and probably people would argue Forrest Gump is, although I would disagree with them on that. Yeah, but that's, like
2: that's changed for y- me now.
1: Is
0: that Tarantino's only Best Picture nomination? Besides,
2: I think I think his no, I newest think one. Did. No, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right, oh, wait, right. Yeah, but besides
0: sure. that, that was the only one, right? Hey,
4: since they, get hey, anything? Since or? they've expanded no. to ten,
2: I don't for know things, but not. I, yeah. not I, I'm
1: surprised right. that uh, the Inglourious didn't didn't get nominated if it didn't it might have i know that christoph waltz won best actor yeah but right. I think so he's gotten some play I, there so it was
0: probably nominated for best picture
1: i bet it was well, okay so you're well, right well, you're Ziggy right to some... find that find out yeah. for us. look that <laughs> shit up Zig. so so here's the other thing that like i, I kind of don't want to I, I, that i that i didn't mention but like, like resonates with me a lot in this movie that i think i saw more this time than i've seen in any other watch um even maybe the last time i watched it a year or two ago is that like You know, Andy finds meaning and it's not that he finds meaning in things, but he recognizes that he has to create things that have meaning, whether or not they're actually meaningful. So, like, you know, the library project, for some reason, hit me in a really weird way because, like, I've been kind of at a point in my life and, and Bev's is a version of this for me. Right. Like we all kind of created Bev's as a thing that's fun because we're friends and we do it, but we pour a lot into Bev's. And part of the reason that I do is because, like, it's a point you're you know, point in our lives where it's, like, I want to have something that I'm trying to build and do and, like, yeah. create and, like, and put a lot of effort and energy into whether or not that's, I mean, the stakes in some ways, right, in an objective sense are pretty low for this. But, but for me, right, it feels like a, a, a place for me to put some ambition. And for Andy, right, like, there's these, you know. You know all along that the the prison or that the library and different iterations of it and it starts with this great scene on the roof, right? Like he he has to have some ambition so he becomes the tax guy for the guards, right? Which is such a perverse thing and then the library kind of grows out of that. But he also all the while, right? He, his ambition is to escape prison, which you don't know. But that also, right? This this other track that like he and like for me, there was like, oh, like this persistence and this like long game payoff where he's able to say, I'm doing something meaningful all the time that could have a huge consequence. So, like I, I, I for me, that's also a huge, huge part of what I, what draws me to it now when I watch it. Um, okay, so so what? Else, any other thoughts before? Because we're gonna do a kind of a special drinking with the director. We're gonna pivot away from Frank Darabont, who I'm sure we would have lots of questions for. Um, and we got uh, we got a friend of the pod, Mike, that's gonna come on. And uh, he's going to talk to us about he, about Shawshank and, and also his experience uh, with the prison system, and and so it's going to be an awesome interview. But any final thoughts that are kind of separate from that uh, before we jump there?
3: Um, one one thing that I kind of found interesting about the movie is you you have the the initial like obviously the worst of the worst with uh, uh, ho, uh is it Hobbs? Boggs. Hobbs. There you go, Bogs. Yeah. So Boggs comes the in. Sister. And, and he and the, the sisters are doing their thing and then they get taken out of the picture. and then from that point on, I was just like, are all the like good-natured convicts all just hanging out together like because it seems like everybody's good-hearted and like they I mean they obviously tell their stories like oh everybody in here is innocent blah blah blah. but it's like almost makes it seem like ah prison's not too bad. you're just hanging out with a bunch of buddies and it's it's pretty good times. Well, like
4: I think the dynamic changed a lot once Andy you know helped out with, got himself you know, in with the guards got him and in everything. With the guards, and then I think that kind of made Andy. It, he got him the beers, and so that kind of changed. So I think just and you, you, that whole group kind of changed that dynamic. So that kind of and then that's all you see. That's all we're kind of focused on. Right. So maybe you know that's to me that's why I think it might have
2: changed. And the thing about like they they handle time in a nice way. Like you don't know how much time. Like you know uh, Red talks about Andy's routine, and you know it's prison's about routine, and that was Andy's routine for a while. You don't know how much time's gone by. In that stretch. And part of me feels like he just had to be there and gotta kind of put his time in to kind of work his way in with the friends, whether it was the rooftop, getting that in or something. I think as time went on, he would have, you know, worked his way in. But the beers and the suds,
4: they they did a really cool thing with time with with Andy, um, if you guys noticed. But like as he's going along, obviously the hair changed a little bit. But then at first he starts he's looking at something. He's kind of can't see it as well and then later on he's got glasses on uh-huh. so you kind of start oh, seeing yeah. these little clues of yeah. him getting older what you know it's without kinda... telling you or exactly. without yeah, yeah.
1: yeah too much on the nose that's that's a really good point All right. Anything else? I guess
0: I guess my thing was that I just I just hadn't seen this for so long. And man, it's super, super emotional movie. I was I was really captivated by by a bunch of it. Super into it. My kids were kind of coming in and out and uh, they didn't catch anything like super inappropriate. There's nothing super, super duper bad towards the end of this movie. And they were kind of they were kind of getting sucked into it, too. They were they were real interested in what was going on. And and my daughter, (laughs) my six year old daughter comes through and she's like, Daddy do they have prison for kids and i was <laughs> like going, yeah to so clean your fucking room yeah exactly I, I i definitely use that as an opportunity to threaten her but it's no. close sc- never mind was she,
2: thinking, was she thinking it was like they
0: were they were all hanging out having fun no i think she was scared i think she was oh, okay. like okay. i know like, that I that, go that go looks prison. scary it looks oh, dark okay. it's like raining yeah like i don't want to go there but uh Man, uh, it really it really resonated with me too because I had uh, I'll get to it in my streaming recommendation, but I had just watched a very similar thing that really resonated with me, and this is like not a rip off of that, but like they they're very the two are very intertwined. So I'll I'll come back to that. But and
2: really quick, just because I didn't get it, I just talked about my geek out college story, but just really quick, I just I love that I know Nate how long Nate's been waiting for this, um, and I you know. I was so excited to watch it. It had been forever. The idea, the everything from the acting and looking at it now, it almost reminds me. They it it, it deals with heavy heavy stuff for sure, but it never gets it never goes oh, too, too far that yeah. way. Um, you know, Brooks is you know that he's in there, been in there for a long time. He's ready to you know cut what's his name's like throw. It just gives you these little pearls. And him committing suicide is almost as dark as it gets visually, like the images, but. It's almost pieced together like there's uh, sequences, almost like a play. Almost, it feels like a play. The group of his buddies, you know, their convening moments feel like s- these little scenes within a play in the conversation. It's kind of lighthearted. You know, everything from the opera singer over the the intercom. And then, obviously, like what prison movies make you think about and they make you appreciate, you know, what you have, um, especially when it's spoken of, you know, and, and, and framed in the. In the way of Andy's story, you know, wrongfully accused and what that must be, because I've in the last year and year and a half during COVID watched some documentaries on wrongfully imprisoned um, Hmm. people. And those are just I mean, that's just one of the most horrible, horrifying, horrible, nightmarish scenarios you can actually think of as being wrongfully, you know, in prison and for how long so many people um, are today. It's it's an unbelievable thing to think of. But is he that upset? I mean like he's not really that mad
0: until he Boy. finally gets the alibi and is like oh like this is what happened and like now I'm like super going ho about it like I guess he there's no he has no recourse there's nothing he can do about it and I guess he maybe he's accepted that but at the same time I feel like there was no like I am innocent. You know what I mean? Like, is that the movie's designed to not let you know whether he did it or not? By, by,
3: By getting rid of his wife and not having any kids, I think they kind of, like, take away that, like, ultimate thing that he's trying to, like, grasp and get back to. Like, I think... That changes, like if he's got kids on the outside, there's probably, it's probably a whole different situation that he's.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think part, and I think part of the point, right, for me, the thematically is, right, they just, they make it unclear whether or not, like, he feels like he's lost anything that he wouldn't have lost by being on the outside, right? Like he loses his wife and and he, you don't know whether or not he liked his job, he's clearly probably good at it but he, he kind of describes himself as a bit of a cold person and
2: like well, you know, and everybody's describing they're trying to make it yeah. make you see like immediately from the judge to the lawyer your icy personality yeah. what he said his wife how his wife felt about him they're trying to make you like understand this so character has a problem on, ex- emotion, exactly. expressing maybe himself maybe he's on the
0: spectrum a little bit or something or he's like he has like Asperger's or something it's no not, I'm not joking at not all like, but you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying to where like not an Asperger's he's character. like high functioning uh, some sort of like emotional disconnection to where he just doesn't have like the ability to be like seem I mean, remorseful I mean well, you know what he, I mean He's, he's not. he also doesn't want to
2: bring sure. he also is so intelligent he knows that if he brings attention to himself he starts trying to escape early like if you yeah. think about it, oh, and yeah. when he actually started to dig the tunnel, when he
0: gets the when he gets the rock hammer, and yes. then they kind of on Months. purpose don't talk about it again until yeah. the right. very end. Exactly. Right.
2: So he had a plan from the start. He was out. Like he and he knew he was fucked because he's a, he's in double, you know, double murder. He's in for life. You know, two uh, life sentences. Like he's done. I mean, this is one of the questions I have though. Is
1: like you know, and this kind of gets to my point about the the you know, having something that's meaningful, even if it's not meaningful, is. He starts digging that tunnel. He has no idea what's on the other side. Right, you know what I mean? Right. So like there's totally. part of right. me that's also like right. he's digging that tunnel because that's like the the tunnel is hope for him, but it's not right. certainty. It's no. not a project that he knows he can he, there's anything on the other side of the wall. So there's no scene where he gets like the the
0: plans of the prison in the library or anything which is and i love that because again
1: like i think that you're supposed to think like he's like "Ah, fuck it man what else am i gonna do well you got the double life double life sentence what what do you have what what are you gonna (laughs) do what are you gonna (laughs) lose and you know you're in a prison where they're not gonna like throw you in solitary for very long because and his
2: position in the prison is you know he's it's not happening if he's not in that corner you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. If he's not in that corner, he's not. Yeah. So he just really lucked out is what you guys think. Like That's he, what I, he had no idea what was yeah. behind that wall, and I, he just happened I to mean, look out. So, so,
1: so I think in. it's probably a combo. Like, I, you got to think that over that time, he did some things to try to figure out basically where that was. Here. He uh, knows he he's on the end. So. He's not going to dig
3: into, like, the guards, like, But I'm just
1: hang saying there would be no reason for <laughs> him to know that, like, there wasn't an obstacle that was just... Made it, it would impossible. be impenetrable. Well, right,
4: he had a lot of access that a lot of other guys didn't. Fair point. He had, yeah. he, he had the library. He was in the warden's office, so like he could have. And they, I'm not going to show you that in the movie. It would ruin the whole because story. it would give right. it away, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's why right. I think
0: they probably don't show him being super like I didn't do it because right. then it would give away whether whether we think he did it or not because they don't tell you right. Yeah. He stops before he goes into the house, and you don't know what happens. And you you don't, just know you don't, they end up murdered.
4: You don't know he didn't do it exactly. until the other guy comes in, and his icy like
0: demeanor kind of. Yeah. Is the part that pushes you to like maybe he did do it and he's yeah. just like kind of a crazy person? Brad, well, did you got know things to
1: say an alternate? Did
2: anyway. you know anything about at this point? Did you know anything about the spoilers the prison break? The spoilers.
3: <laughs> well, considering that the blurb and, and Scotch is the one who says hide your eyes when you see the little blurb. It says a wrongfully accused man. <laughs> right in the blurb, I'm like, okay, so he didn't do it. Fuck,
1: I, I think that would probably change a little bit about my feeling about the movie. If, if so, I don't remember ever thinking he didn't do it. I mean, that he did it. Like I don't it may have been the first watch. I was like, that was a surprise, but maybe I've seen it so when I time, watched but.
0: it this time, they, they I feel like the filmmaker definitely leaves it ambiguous enough to where you're questioning yourself maybe he did do it and i had seen the movie before and i was still like eh, he seems right. kind of guilty
3: because yeah. tommy's reveal doesn't do much unless you still kind of believe that maybe exactly he do it, it doesn't
0: do anything if you don't think he did it you're like right. oh yeah here's a guy or, or you yeah. just you're just excited you're not really like well, stunned you're just you excited actually, because no, you're like oh it, he's gonna
1: get out now it, the mm-hmm. reveal though i mean it, but from my perspective it's 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 the trigger that moves the plot to the climax right it's it's that it's not so much the reveal to the audience as it is that it's a it's a potential avenue for him to get out with under like legal, legal means and that he it's clear, it becomes clear to him that that's never going to be allowed to happen right so but I he's think already me, been not digging the, his hole for like 20 years at that point because i think he assumes at that point that there is no potential for legal means.
0: so you're so you're of the mind that he didn't start digging the hole right then like oh no! Didn't... I think
1: he dug. these started digging the hole immediately. So you think he started digging the hole the minute he got that rock hammer but in the, the post? But, th- but this is part of my point. Is like I think he starts digging the hole, thinking like partly like well maybe this is an escape route, but also partly being like it's kind of fun to dig a fucking hole. I mean, I, when I was a kid, I dug some holes. I just like digging a hole. <laughs> I uh-huh. like I, facts. I mean, yeah. you're, you got a Loan long time. I, I, love I love a hole. I like digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> After like, watching Frailty,
3: I didn't like, like digging,
4: digging holes. Hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys.
1: So we're going to move on to uh, to our Drinking with Mike section. We will be back in just a minute. All right. We are at our Drinking with the Director, uh, but we are going to drink with our special guest. Uh, the Drinking with the Director is always sponsored by Last Call Brewing. Oh. Who mm. brewed some delicious so BVK delicious. IPA with us? Uh, so it, there's like a few cans left. Probably, maybe if you're lucky, go beg, bag them at the tap. Go beg Jake at the tap room. Hit
3: them up yeah. quick because they are they are definitely running out, and uh, people are going down there and they're mad that they're out. They don't have it more, any longer on draft, and now they're getting the cans. So, so, yeah, so get so, down there and get some of that. Yeah,
1: and you know what? They're all their beers good. So go hang out at Les the They always have good food trucks. They have cool events. Uh, uh, so I'll
3: th- open. Every day now, they are open on Tuesdays. Oh, wow. Tuesdays. Tuesdays used to oh, be nice. closed. They are open. Uh, they just opened their first Tuesday uh, last week, so they are good yeah. to go. Nice.
1: So we love us some last call. Uh, and uh, what are we all? What are we all drinking? I'm drinking the last call BBK
0: IPA. Uh, Nate's. I think we got our last keg hooked up. We to got the, the last uh, keg.
1: We we blew the first one pretty fast. So and dude, we'll,
0: it's just so delicious. It's so delicious.
1: There's a lot of lot of positive
0: uh, feedback. Shout out to the uh, hoist and heavy guys mm-hmm. who I listened to their uh, latest podcast. And uh, what did they say about us on there, Brad? It was pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, they were they were at the last call. Uh, they did a little tap room takeover, and they were recording on there live. And and they were talking about. Uh, uh, they they actually went through the entire board. They did a tasting the entire board, but uh, they talked about that BVK IPA and they said uh, they they really enjoyed that beer. So they said we should be proud. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, blood, sweat, and tears, like we said, <laughs> all into tear. that mash. And
1: if you're somebody that likes beer, you gotta listen to Hoist and Heavies because they are they're the, they're the they're the fucking experts on all the good micro brews around. Especially if you're in the valley, but but if you're anywhere and you like hearing talk about beer, you should you got to get in with those guys. They're fun. They, their podcast is funny. It's it's cool. It's interesting. So definitely jump over there we're thinking about doing a collab with them at some point soon yeah we we got to just make the hook
3: we got to make the hookup one of these days uh maybe a little meeting down at last call share some uh some heavies and and get a conversation going so
0: long story really short i went on saturday my wife and i went to uh last call we walk in jake greeted us like you know like we were long lost cousins (laughs) he was like just the nicest dude on the planet it was so awesome we were talking to him chopping it up a little bit bought a bunch of beer and then got some beers and had some beers in the place and while we're sitting there uh jake comes over and talks to us and he's like hey the hoist and heavies guys are are oh they're right there and they're like driving by and they have this big like truck with a big like gardening uh it's like a gardening trailer behind it and i'm like oh they pull around and they just start pulling out all this podcast equipment, getting all their stuff set up, and they're like, yeah, they're, they're like their, real, shit, their,
1: their shit looks better than ours." They were
0: like real serious <laughs> and like like real real serious looking dudes, and I was I was super intimidated, and I was like, "I should totally go say hi to those guys right now." And I walked out of that place like a little bitch, I did not say hi at all. So hey, dude. shout out to the Oyston and heavies guys. <laughs> I should have said what's up yeah. to you guys. I saw you guys getting all set up to do your pod, and <laughs> goddamn, hey, the I didn't thing say about it, I, word.
3: I met Ed, and, and you know what? They would have just welcomed you. and make, oh, they bro, totally How would've. you doing? Yeah. They probably would have got you a beer. It would have had time. you on the pod. You dipshit. I just I, <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was it was an intense like four seconds in my mind where I was like, should I go say hi to these guys? Oh no, they're they're like sitting up their equipment. They they look like they really <laughs> want to talk to you. Me. Yeah, I, I, I'm just gonna leave.
3: But yeah, hoisting <laughs> hev- hoisting heavies. All the all, wherever you get your pods, wherever you listen to BBK, you know, you finish up one of our episodes, jump on jump the hoisting on heavy guys. Yeah.
1: Hey, so uh, Browdy, you drinking the BBK? Oh, you know this, yes. yes. and and. 100%. Nick yeah I'm I, I feel kind of proud that I've I think I've got a convert here cuz Nick you, me I,
2: and Scotch
1: Uh yeah I think Nick and Scotch both are drinking uh, diet, diet grenadine. with grenadine I'm f- I- I I just want to point out that that's a majority of the BBK crew. Your, your uh, sobriety reeks oh of g- grenadine. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Fucking delicious. We'll see uh, how those opinions go I'm later. Not, I'm not happy. Uh, all right. So, so uh, Zach, you want to introduce our guest here?
0: Yeah. So, uh, Nate's favorite movie of all time is The Shawshank Redemption. And so- we decided, hey, we've got, like, our 49th and 50th episodes coming up. What's, like, a really big, like, cool movie that we could do for, for that? And so Nate's just, like, he took his mic and dropped it and was like, <laughs> sure. we're going to do, do Shawshank, right? My, my favorite movie of all time. Like, I don't even think you've seen this, Mike, but he's got the poster of the movie. This is from the tree, from the movie. This The, the tree fell down, and Nate has a piece
1: of it. Yeah, engraved. I've seen Bol- the poster. Bolton. The internet, yeah.
0: the internet says that that's real.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, so <laughs> they charged like it was
0: real.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: so, anyways, so uh, we we were we got together. This was at the beginning of December, and we were trying to make a schedule for the rest of the thing. And we were trying to think of like cool and interesting people that we could have on as guests, right? And so we were talking about Shawshank, and I was like, "You guys, I have the perfect dude that I literally talk to every day." And a lot of our conversations eventually come back to this, a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Like, uh, so, so my coworker Mike, um, I started working with you like twelve years ago, something like that. Yeah. Yep, so we've been working years. together for about twelve years. Um, literally every day, we get along. We get along really well, but we mostly get along really well because Mike fucking works his ass off and is a really just a super reliable, super dependable dude, and. I worked with Mike for a couple of years before I knew any of your backstory or anything. Um, it was a big secret. It was It, was a, big secret. <laughs> it had to be a secret. It was a big secret. But anyways, uh, finally we you know we became friends and and we started talking about some of these things and it, Mike's just got a really interesting perspective on a lot of this stuff. Um, and so I said, "You guys, we got we got to get this guy on." So, anyways. Uh, I asked Mike if he wanted to do it. He was like, yeah. And one of the interesting things that I thought that you said, Mike, is you said in the moment you were like, yeah, I would love to do that because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people think that happens and people just don't really know what's what's going on. In, in prison. Exactly. Yes. Like oh, in, yeah. in, in prison. Exactly. So... I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, Nate uh, kind of ask you some questions and, and 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 kick kick the mic to you and I, I, I I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, to hear a lot of these stories again and uh, maybe some stuff I haven't heard <laughs> so,
1: so Mike first of all I also want to say thanks for coming on and and I mean it's kind of an interesting thing right because it, it you you are you, a natural instinct initially like when we when Zach mentioned he was going to ask you, oh, it was like a sensitive topic, right? Like, yes. you Spent time in prison, which presumably was at least in part very unpleasant, and it's it it reflects a, a part, of, you know, like lots of people would feel I think uncomfortable talking about that. And when Zach, like he said, he said, you know, no, Mike was like, yeah, I want to talk about it because people need to know how it is. And so it's I, it's cool you to come on and and be willing to kind of have a really like straight up and honest conversation with us about it. And and obviously you know fun in the context of the movie movie to get to kind of have some perspective for us and and maybe more importantly for our listeners. So tell us a little bit about how, like, you know, what, 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 what eventually, what sort of your path was that eventually led you to be in prison?
5: Okay. Well, when I was really young, my family was not united. Okay. So, you know, my dad didn't want to accept that I was his son and my mom was just doing her fucking thing. So I come from a really messed up background family and it started off being super hyperactive. So they put me on medication and when the medication was too much, my mom says, okay, that's way too much stuff for my son. Well, that right there started my addiction, okay? So now I'm looking for some upper or downer or something to change the way I feel about myself. And then I found methamphetamine. So, so how old are you
1: at at this point?
5: 14, 15. Okay. You know, I have two older brothers and an older sister. You know, okay. they're partying, they're doing the stuff, so that's where I can get my hands on it. Right. In the early 90s, I came back from San Diego and— uh I had no place to go, so I went to the streets, and that's where I found the drugs. And then once I found the drugs, I found people that needed people to move the drugs. And, you know, you make a lot more money by moving something if you can move a lot of it and not get caught. Right. So for five, six years, I was running dope for people.
1: What And what kind of drugs are we, like, the just, whole range? No, just methamphetamine. Just meth, okay. Just
5: meth. That was it. Okay. Because you know, in this area, that's kind of what reigns supreme, Okay. really, because it's easy, quick to make. Right. So in 96, when I caught my first term, I'd already been to county jail twice, Okay, but those were just overnight. You know what I mean? Like bail out of a car, leave the car in the orchard, fucking run, get caught five miles away, but they don't know I was in that car, so they can't prove it. Right. So I sit a night in jail, I get out.
1: Stolen car? No. Oh, you were just... you The the, the cars, okay, the cars were
5: all legal, legit, tagged license, okay, and they would have packages wrapped in the back, just like I was a fucking UPS driver up today. Only difference, there'd be five, six pounds of dope back there right. and i'm going to certain places and i'm dropping it off i'm not doing nothing else i'm not collecting money i'm not seeing nobody i'm just dropping stuff on them dipping okay if the cops get behind me my job is to not get caught or seen in that car you know what i mean so no matter what happens i got to get away and however i got if i got to crash the car into the orchard that's what the deal is because they can get the car as long as they don't catch me well we knew people inside the tow companies we could just get the car back without every, anything ever being touched wow Got okay. It. Well, the one time that we can't get the car back, the stuff gets touched. I'm already in there, and they finally put two and two together after about four years.
1: Okay. You know what I mean? You just can't. So you catch your first sentence in '96, and where, where where did you go? And for how long were you in? So I got sentenced to three years, and I went to Tehachapi State Prison. Okay. okay. So so give us a. I mean, in the in the in the in the. Hierarchy of prisons right we can kind of hear about like you know maximum security and minimum security and they're saying well What kind of prison is it like you know and 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 what, what what does what what differentiates those kind of prisons?
5: Okay, so in California prison systems you have four different levels of prison high security level ones level twos level three and level fours Level four is your highest level four is you come out of your cell. You got guns aimed at you. You're handcuffed Okay, you know what I mean? And then as you go down the levels you know, you don't be handcuffed as much if you're on level two. Level two, you can go outside when they open the doors and say you can go outside. You get to go outside for an hour, and okay. then you come in, and then you can go outside for an hour, you know, on level twos. When you get to level one, that's just like dorm living. You can come and go as you want. You can go eat food if you have it, you know, I and mean? you can walk to the store. Okay. The other higher levels, you can't do that.
1: Okay, so so, so to Tehachapi was?
5: Uh, all four levels at that one. Okay,
1: it started, okay. it was oh, a, so, there, so within a prison, there'll be different levels. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so what level were you in at that time?
5: Uh, I ended up landing on a level two yard. Okay. But when I first got there, I was on a level four.
1: Okay. And so, the only
5: reason I was on a level four, because they didn't have room. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and so those men on that level four yard are in the same situation as all the gentlemen in Sink Redemption. Same thing. They're all double life. They're
1: never going to get out. Okay. You know what I mean? They have nothing to live for. That's level four. That's level four. Okay. So so that, that's a great sort of entry because the question I wanted to ask next is like, you know, which, if you, when you watch, you just watched Shawshank again, right? You, you watched it because you knew you were coming on. So it's fresh. So which scene in Shawshank do you think of as like the most realistic representation of something from prison that, you know, like when you saw it, you're like, yep, that's, they, they got that right.
5: Okay. So the stripped down naked where you come out, I mean, as soon as you get off the bus, You're stripping ass naked. And then they do a little hands up. They look underneath your fingernails, you know, look underneath your tongue. They make you bend over, cough. Uh, They don't hose you down like that. You know what I mean? But they they do tell you, here's some soap. Go take a shower. There's showers over there. Uh, You do come out naked. You have your bedroll. You have your clothes. Um, The most realistic thing is, is, like I said, at night, that first night when that door shuts, that's when it becomes real. You know what I mean? That's when you know, okay, I'm here. And this isn't a fucking place I need to be, but I'm here, so now I have to figure out how to deal with it.
1: Tell me about that feeling as much as you can remember it, of like you know what what goes through your head and, you know that first night. Crying of, like a bitch. You just a scared you're, to death. You, 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 I'm not gonna you, kid. You, you, They would. Somebody would have won a bunch of fucking cigarettes on Mike. Is what you saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There would have been a lot of cigarettes.
5: But, and and you know, uh, cigarettes up until the early 2000s, cigarettes was your number one currency. Really? Anything in the prison that you wanted to get. As long as you had cigarettes, you could get it. My tobacco tin. I've been rolling cigarettes for 25
0: years. That's one thing about Mike. He smokes cigarettes every day, but he does not smoke regular cigarettes. He rolls every That's single true. one of them like he's rolling a joint or something in the, Probably in the office. Probably do it
1: fast, huh? Oh, I, yeah, can it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can roll <laughs> hey,
5: cigarettes. Hey, one of like, the hustles. I don't brag, but I can fucking roll a cigarette. Hey, one of, the hustles, <laughs> one of the hustles, man, Was there was there was always homeboys in there that had money, and they'd buy cans of Bugler. So how do you have money? I mean, are you allowed to have money in prison? Not necessarily have like money in your hand, but your, your people can put money on your book. Okay. And then you can spend it at canteen. Uh, sometimes you can get packages. Okay. So back in the day, the homeboys would buy a couple cans of Bugler. Well, they didn't want to roll cigarettes all the time. So homeboy would come over and say, hey, you roll me a can and I'll give you a can. So it's like, a, so you're kind of selling your service. Hell yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Getting paid.
1: Yeah, one okay. way or another. So it's a hustle. Everything's a hustle. So, so on the opposite side of it, you know, when you watch Shawshank this last round, what did you think? Like, yeah, that's that's just bullshit. It doesn't happen that way at all.
5: Okay, the the uh, the Boggs and the sisters. Okay, don't happen like that. You know okay. what I mean? The five of us in this room. If one of us here decide they want to go do that, then like, okay, homeboy, you go do that, and let us know how that worked out for you. But we're not going to help you. Okay. You know that was probably one of the biggest. I've I've never seen it. And like I said, i had done over fifteen
1: years. Never seen like a group like try to corner somebody no, and like no do, like prison rape of some no. sort. No,
5: there there was always been somebody in there that would blatantly be homosexual like that and put that vibe out there. You know what I mean? So they didn't really kind of have to go take it because right. that's where this person kind of wanted to be to begin with. You know what I mean? In all the times that I did in prison, the queers wouldn't run with any other groups. You know what I mean? If he was a queer and he was from Modesto. I wouldn't say that's my homeboy. You know, that's queer so-and-so. That's not my homeboy. Okay. You know what I mean? That was another thing with the sink Redemption. In the prisons today, not necessarily back then in the 30s, but in today's prison, you don't really associate with other races. You can associate, you can do business, but you can't eat, drink, or smoke after them. But we could trade cigarettes for a sealed package of food. That would be okay. But, you know, you can't play cards with them. You can't sit down in the same area and watch TV with them. You know what I mean? You don't sit down in a table next to them. And, and what you've told me is that's enforced by both sides, or, or all races enforce that rule. You don't, you don't fraternize between the races, right? That's right. Each yeah. race will have somebody that'll hold the keys, call the shots for the whole race, and then you'll have... You know, you're li- they say lieutenants and sergeants, but it's not really like that. You know, you have one or two dudes that says, "Okay, you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that." You're gonna have fifteen dudes that are gonna be the ones that stand up and fight. You know, you got to be a
1: soldier before you're ever gonna lead anything. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, and there's there's a scene in the movie that I kind of because because we were thinking I was thinking about you know what I wanted to ask you, and then there's a scene that I'd kind of forgotten about where, you know, the warden's talking to him and he's kind of like, you know, you you'll learn the rest of the shit as you, as you go along, like you're talking about all these kind of, I mean, the way you describe that is like a pretty hard rule, but like, how do you learn that? That's not, you know, that's not in the prison handbook, right? You know what I mean? Like it's not like they give you a set of, it's like how how quickly and how do you learn when you show up the first time? You don't want to fucking do that.
5: Well, you, you learn pretty fucking fast, but the
1: way it works is just like, so as
5: the bus rolled in, you seen everybody that was in the yard congregate to the fence. Okay, well, we'll all do the same thing. And all the homeboys in prison will all congregate to the fence. But before anybody steps off that bus, because people that have been in prison are clerks. They'll already know who's on the bus, and they'll already know where they're from. So before that person steps off the bus, whoever's holding the keys, say, I'm holding the keys, right? I'm the boss right now, right? Somebody will come and tell me, hey, Mikey, there's so-and-so. He's from Modesto. He's your homeboy. He's getting off that bus. And it's, So you know before they even show up. Yes. I know who they are. I know what they're in there for because that's a big thing. You know what I mean? So in the St. Redemption, they all said, well, we're not guilty, okay? But you didn't see nobody say, well, what are you in for? What was your actual crime? Same thing in today's prison. You guys go in today's prison, okay? They're gonna ask you, "What are you in here for?" And if you're like, "Oh, blah, 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 blah," let me see your paperwork. And if you don't have paperwork, that's where you're getting in trouble, because your paperwork's gonna tell them what you what you're in there for, okay? And no matter what prison you're in for, rape, any type of rape, male, woman, child, baby, anything—that's a bad, we bad situation. We don't accept that. Yeah. We don't accept that. The white race will not accept that. The other races will not accept that around their own people. Wow. Sure. You know, but and so what will happen if if
0: so. if they they ask you for your papers? A, you don't have your papers. What happens? You get stomped out. Yes. And then what happens if you have your papers and you're like, say you're like, I mean, I don't know, something crazy, if like you got, child molester
5: you, or something? Then it's it's all bad. Then I'm gonna whoever's holding the key say I'm the boss. I'm gonna send three homeboys to get you. If your paperwork's bad, you're getting out of there fast, and you're getting out of there fucked up. I don't care if you're stabbed. I don't care if you're beat. I don't care. You just got to go.
0: But they they get beat up, right, or or stomped out or stabbed or whatever it is. Then what happens to those people? They then get put in, like, uh, some sort of solitary, right? It depends. Because if they can't be with the general population, like, where do they send those people? <laughs> <laughs> Mike
1: just took a big old swig of water. He's <laughs> like ah.
5: Well, the issue with that is, is is they're not putting them nowhere. They're converting more prisons to make people live together. Okay. And so you go to the penitentiary, all you got to stand on is your word, you know what I mean? And who you say you are. And that's all you have. Okay. If I was to go back to prison, I'm going I'm probably never gonna get out. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to start fighting motherfuckers as soon as I get there. Because as soon as the cops tell me, oh, you're going to go over there and you're going to sleep in that fucking bunk with that dude. Fuck you, I am, buddy. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? Whip my ass? Let's fight. That's all it's going to take. You know what I mean? The part where the one uh, dude drug that dude into the cell and beat the shit out of him. That happens. Wow. Just like you could pay a cop say a carton of cigarettes 100 bucks. You send your old lady to pay this cop 500 bucks and that cop brings that carton of cigarettes into you.
1: Yeah, so I was going to ask about this. So, like, one of the major things in the movie is, like, the, the prison economy plays this huge role, right? I mean, obviously, the, you know, the, you know in some ways, you might argue that the, the the rock hammer is, like, the single most important item and then, you know, that moves the plot along. So, like, is it really, you know, can you really kind of get anything you want? And how the hell does that happen? How do yeah, you get it? Uh, some of that I don't know if you guys want to know, but
5: for the most of it, for the most of it, it <laughs> snuck in through visits. You know I mean? Whatever, kind of whatever you want, cell phones. As long as it's small enough, you know what I mean, it can be snuck into a visit. So your old lady brings it in, tucked in her boobs, tucked in her pussy, whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Passes it to you. You gotta tuck it somewhere too. You know what I mean? Sometimes I tuck things under my wife's boobs just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but in the Saw Sank Redemption, you've seen how everything kinda came through laundry. Yeah. So somebody was able to talk to somebody outside right. and say, Hey, you know what I mean? So when that old boy would slip that type of stuff that he ordered, right. it would come through laundry. So that that is
1: and still, and that, do and that still happens. Like every day, the stuff that comes in and out. There's somebody getting paid off. That someone brings stuff in. Exactly. So you, you, there really is like a m- robust prison economy, is what you're saying. I mean, you, yes. there's a lot of stuff traded. A lot of stuff that comes in. Yeah. Yes. Lots of stuff. Lots of what, stuff. A what, lot of
5: stuff is done on the streets. That is called. You know, they say, that, "Hey, this is we're in prison. We need you to go do this." Right. And it's done. It's carried out on the streets. Wow. So one of the interesting things that that
0: you've told me, Mike, is that. Uh, you could actually get in trouble if you know – so say you go – say you, you, you're you uh, – they have a warrant out for your arrest, right? You know you're going to go to jail. So you can go turn yourself in. But if you go turn yourself in and you're a known prison person or jail person and you know that you're going to go turn yourself in and then you turn up in in jail without any, any like, presence that you brought with you,
5: you get in trouble, Right. Right. Okay. So how that works in our county jail, Modesto County, you go to Modesto County jail and you are a repeat offender. You've been to the penitentiary more than once. You either A, better know somebody in the cell, B, have something in your ass or C, be ready to fight. You know what I mean? Cause nobody's getting a free ride. Especially like he said, if I have a warrant, I know I'm going back. As soon as I get there, homeboys all, what'd you bring? Oh, I didn't bring nothing homeboy. What What do you mean? You didn't bring nothing dog? You know what I mean? You knew you was coming. You was already fucking running from the gate, so what the fuck? You know what I mean?
1: And and, and and like you said, they already know I mean they've got information ahead of time, so they knew they know whether you were turn yourself in, they know what you yep. were up for. So they're like, You can't lie to me. And That's what is right.
2: it exactly that you that you would that they would want you to bring in to I mean, cigarettes. Any, okay, so weed, it could be as simple
5: as, as cigarettes. And weed, be, yeah, weed, wow. they'd want you to bring cigarettes, weed, any type of dope, whether it's coke, heroin, you know what I mean? Some homeboys are brave, a couple fucking cell phones, you know what I mean? Pass those out. Because you bring in something like that into the system, and suddenly you become somebody. You know what oh, I mean? Wow. Like how Red was kind of yeah, yeah, I could get you anything he's, you he's wanted. He could
1: get everything. You know I mean? So he right, was somebody. Right,
5: right. So each race would kind of have that guy that go to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it would be a hush-hush thing. You know what I mean? Oh, this old boy said he wanted this over here. Oh, Okay, you go over here and the, hey, the old boy's got it. You know, however,
1: it was stash, stashing stuff. But like you said, but I mean, well, it was interesting. You're saying you know, but there's sort of unwritten rules too about like across races, you can sort of do business. Yes, you just there's like you can't fraternize and right, sort of right. Like, you can't play cards. You can't eat. But, but you, can, smoke but you can. But you can. But the, the economy goes goes around the whole prison. The whole prison. Well, yeah, that's, so, that's close. You know,
5: sealed items for sealed items is okay. Nothing opened. You know what I mean? Why, uh, why, why, why nothing opened? I, I don't think it has something to do with swapping, spitting saliva. I mean, if wow. the white race is, wants to be that, right? You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Because right. it's not just the white race; it's also there. It's there's like a big like white supremacy, right? Part of it, right? Right, yeah. and just like so, you have the what is it? Black guerrilla mafia from way back in the sixties. Okay, they're still a thing in prison. Wow, you know what I mean? Skinheads, they're still a thing in prison. You know what I mean? They just got so many different branches. You know what I mean? And none of them come together and actually see the same thing. You know, all five of us here are white, but if we go to prison, I may have a darker skin tone. So the, the whites are going to question me. You know what I mean? And if I don't give them the right answers, the fight's on. You know yeah. what I mean? So, There's a lot of Mike,
1: fighting, to say, a lot Mike, of fighting in prison. Mike, yeah. you
3: mentioned a lot. So, like, how on, on a day to day basis, like, how, how often is there violence? Is its is it every day? Is it like every few days? Or what are we talking about?
5: It depends on the type of violence you're talking about. I mean, Two people living on a bunk for fucking a year and a half together eventually have, some gonna have a problem every now and then and fight like a couple would, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, if it escalates, you know, if the two shot callers for the cars can't figure it out, you know what I mean? Then we move to a bigger problem. All right? So now it's going to be all my homeboys against all your homeboys and we're going to take it to the yard and we're going to make it a big thing. You know, and that's what you see on news. Oh, this prison rioted, and twenty-five people. blah 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 blah. But you don't see about the day-to-day fights. You know what I mean? Because a lot of that is kept internal. So yeah. the, I mean, so but you'd say, I mean, you know, there's fighting all it, the time, all the time, every
2: day, right? That, I mean as an not individual, I
5: mean, how
1: how many? Let's so in a year in prison, how many how many like fist fights would you say you you got in? Three, three, three was the most. Okay, and each time it was because
5: I held the keys. And another dude from my own car didn't want to do what the fuck I told him. And I said, hey, look, you whip my ass on, boy, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But until then, I hold the keys for this fucking car. And if something shitty goes down, then I get called back to the back and it's all bad for me. Because that's where they start killing people. You know what I mean? You make a wrong decision calling the shots on that prison yard over something. And they'll call you to the back. And that's where they'll where, take where, what's you. What's the, ba- where the back? The back would be. Wait, who, who calls you to the back? The, the higher ups? Yes, yeah, so that Aryan Brotherhood. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and they,
1: they'd they take you someplace and. Well,
5: they'd just have you killed right there in the cell. Just have somebody stab you
0: or whatever it is. Yep.
1: Know. Wow. Okay. So, so in the movie, you know, back to the movie. So, like, you know, one of the things that, that culminates for the, you know, for Red and, um, you know, before that for, uh, um, why am I forgetting? Uh, the, Andy? No, for the, the librarian. Uh, Brooks. Brooks <laughs> is, is uh, you know, the, 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 that sort of like famous quote where he sort of says, you know, like walls, the walls are a funny thing, right? They they start out being, you know, you hate them and then you kind of get used to them and then you kind of depend on them. Is there anything to that? Like, Yes. Yes. I mean, that's 100% true. The
5: longer you sit behind those walls, the more you get used to them, the more you feel protected. Like I said, it's routine. You know what I mean? So it's routine. And so after so many years, them guys are doing 40, 50 years in there. So they didn't know nothing else. You know, a guy going to prison and doing 18 months, if he's never had a job in his life and he always had to run the streets and never had nobody there to show him what a man is supposed to do, he's gonna go right back to the same shit that he was doing.
0: And he's gonna learn some shit in
5: prison, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, see, you, you know, you go, you go in there a normal lame old dude, you come out MacGyver. You know what I mean? You could fix anything. behind I <laughs> need this and
1: this, I can start fire.
5: You know what I'm saying? I'm dead serious, man. I can light fire off a light bulb and a piece of toilet paper. I can light fire plugs with you know. There's all kinds of batteries.
0: Oh, Mike's Mike's told me about fucking insane, like tattoo guns, like the way that you can, you told me like, so, so you, can we go back really quick? So you talked about how cigarettes uh, at some point go away in the prison system, right? Like they they turn into like, like it, now it's like a super special thing to have cigarettes in prison, right? Yes. So then what is the currency now? And from like early 2000 on, cause this is the best part to me food items but but mainly like a dollar is a soup right?
5: well you know it depends a lot of times so in in Dale, it's 25 cents a soup you're not oh, 25 cents a soup. 25 cents okay so for a dollar you get four soups but that basically
1: became the currency in there you know what I mean if you so, are, wait, so just so I understand. So you mean you can you can have somebody put money in your account legally yep. and then go to the you know the the food store you know whatever the we you gotta w- put it yeah put it in canteen, a little canteen. list and then you you go and you buy the soup right yep. you, you they charge your account yep. but then that soup becomes as your, your money. Barter and money and by
0: soup you mean the noodles. top, ramen, noodle, top, ramen, top soups. ramen noodles yep. Can
1: I just can we acknowledge that top ramen is maybe the single most versatile
0: if oh. not food, certainly
1: item, right? I mean,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Mike has told me some of the feasts that they make
5: out of just hot ramen is absolutely insane. <laughs> man, fucking we can insane. make spreads, we can make fucking pizza rolls, we can make pizza, <laughs> man, we can make these, Yeah, the burrito. You can yeah. make so much, it's so versatile. And then they took out. Uh, canned goods in prison you used to be able to get canned goods okay well they took that out because once you figured out how to open the can well now you got you a knife
1: you know what i'm saying <laughs> and you know, Like a, 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 a object you can bludgeon something yeah it, really a, bad that's, a, that's so, a solid weapon
5: so now everything comes in little sealed pouches but you can get shit you can get salmon mm-hmm. you know what i mean you can get all the top types of meat that you want to put in this stuff in prison now you know not necessarily back in the days back then so, so why did prison or well, why did cigarettes go away what what happened you know Half the inmates and half the staff bitch about everybody else smoking was giving them cancer.
2: Right.
5: Oh. So. You know what I mean? And so then the governor said, hey, man, you know, if we push this no smoking, it'll save the tax. Let me see. We spend X amount of dollars a year on tobacco for the prison. You know what I mean? Because they would order cases and cases of it. Right. So once they figured out, man, we could tell we could save the ca- taxpayers millions by cutting the cigarettes back. So they let you buy as many pouches or cans or cartons as you could buy. And then one day they said, okay, we're done.
1: Just wait till they find out the shit that ramen does to you. You know what I'm saying? All yeah. of a sudden, all, but, <laughs> I'm just
0: picturing all of a sudden like a million inmates all having like tobacco withdrawals all at the same time. Wow. Oh, like, too, oh my God. Just riots yeah, everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> what happened? Like there had you to be some fucking, fucking away unrest.
5: Away. Well, well, to be honest with you, there wasn't that much because once you had your tobacco that you had bought and they said, okay, we're no longer selling it on Canteen. We're not going to take it from you. We're just gonna let you smoke it until Its value, its value, value just Go went on. way, way. That's yeah. so what I
1: was just gonna say. It's like you, you, you're in this dilemma because, like, you're like, I'm fucking hungry and ramen looks really good, but I can't. That I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to trade eat my, shit. Eat my <laughs> currency here.
5: Well, well, just like, just like when you guys are talking about old boy doing the taxes for him. Yeah. Okay. So same thing in, in the penitentiary. You know what I'm saying? You scratch a cop's back, they'll scratch your back. You know what I mean? I like said I've known homeboys that grew up. With lieutenants and sergeants that are in California prisons right now, you know what I mean. And like I said, if homeboy says, "Hey man, I want to, I want to fuck carton of cigarettes," you know, all that CDC got to name his price. I'm well, what fifteen hundred bucks, homeboy? Oh, I'll get into you, okay? All right, cool. But it's not, you know, it's a coded phone call coming to somebody, and then his old lady approaching. You know, his old lady may have to offer a blow job or what the fuck ever. You know what I mean? But yeah. That's fifteen hundred bucks. As long as the cop's making more money than what he's getting, chances are he'll get it in. So same thing with old boy doing the taxes. You know what I mean? And so you know. That as he was doing that later on in life, that he had figured out a way to scheme off of all their taxes and shit and put that stuff in the side. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that when he did meet the old boy, they had plenty of money. They didn't have, you know, shit to worry about because he was smart enough to do that. So, I think he could have afforded a better boat. What do you guys
0: think? I mean, I <laughs> yeah, think he kind of, that of skipped that. Bit, <laughs> out on the he boat. Bit that he little sure bit, so he's a little bit. He's in time Mexico, and B, he's
1: got 400 grand in, like, 1940. I think he could have got a fucking yacht. $12 million in today's.
3: <laughs> so, Mike, uh, guards are, are an issue in Shawshank. Uh, yeah. Some of the dickhead guards, and some of them seem to be okay. But uh, is there some that you you respect, and is there some that, like, you see them on site on the street and you want to punch them?
5: Yes. Yeah. It is definitely like that for sure. You have You have cops that are cool. You know what I mean? I respect you, and then you have cops that hide behind that badge and they think they're all that. You know what I mean? And I've encountered plenty of both of them. You know what I mean? And you just kind of have to learn the lingo and how you're going to respond and act with this one. You know what I mean? Uh, Some of the funniest cops I've ever been around, you know what I mean? Were the biggest dicks in prison. They really were. Until you got to know them or you knew them. You know what I mean? But fuck, I can. There are cops if I see it's on. <laughs> it's fucking on. I see me out in the street. Um, and, uh,
2: I got something too, as far as in the movie, obviously, the prison break is it's a, it's practically a prison break movie. Um, in your experience, have you heard of stories, any crazy prison break uh, attempts or that actually went through? All I can tell you is in,
5: in, 2003, I was in Mule Creek State Prison, which is right up here. I own, okay? And we had, like eight homeboys had made it down to the lower levels. And two of the homeboys were looking at doing like 10 years. Okay? And so when they went to classification, the classification told them, look, we're going to give you guys this opportunity to go to this lower yard and we're expect you to be good and not do nothing the one homeboy made it seven days on the seventh day he put a bike together at the bicycle shop bro and rode it the fuck up out of there i'll never forget that like no, said, like MacGyver, man like you said
1: it's fucking macgyver And you go to prison you're like yeah, i can make a bike he out of a, pack a, of, a, a
5: package out. of ramen
1: and a fucking fork
5: you know oh man i tell you so we were on lockdown for a week and a half Damn. and oh. they come and interviewed every if you were from modesto or you had anything because i got modesto tattooed on me okay okay I'd, then they were going to pull you in there, and they were going to extensively interview. You. Where was he going? You know, do you know him? Do you know him from the streets? I'm like, I don't know this fucking dude. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't know. try Mister T's donuts. You
4: know,
5: funny thing was, that it was like a month and a half later, he turned himself in in like Oklahoma or some shit. Oh wow, that was a long bike ride, man. Damn, guy dude. Had those guys in
1: good shape. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so real so,
3: re- 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 quick related to that though. So, do do prisoners joke around about escape, or is it just pretty much that doesn't come up very m- often in conversation? Or is there like, eh, every once in a while you come up with a plan, maybe that would work, I saw this shit that's going down, or maybe that could work? Or No, it's very rarely is it really
5: ever yeah. really discussed, because like I said, if you're down to lower levels one and two, then you're doing short time. You're not going to do more than five years. So you're not worried about so it. You're not worried and, about and, it.
1: And you don't want to risk like right. getting a longer sentence. Right, And you're right. doing pretty as as time goes i assume it's a lot easier time yes it gets a lot better once you get your program what you're gonna do you know what i mean it gets a lot easier you get homeboys there you're good so so obviously like you know we might argue and i didn't i didn't bring this up earlier i I don't know how i didn't but i'll come back to it but the you know the the friendship right is the is the thing that kind of drives the movie and maybe that's the single most enduring thing for me and shawshank is like i'm kind of romantic about friendships like i i i I really, you know, like friendships are super important to me and, and and I feel like, you know, they're really important things in my life. So in prison, you know, like, do you make those kind of connections that feel like, you know, the way that they're portrayed, you know, kind of have that, like you're in the trenches together or is it like, fuck you, I don't trust you. No, no,
5: no, 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 no. no. You, you definitely create that, but it's not really a friendship. It's you need me and I need you. So we have to kind of, you know, We're stronger in numbers than we are apart. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So when you have, like, for instance, you know, when the old boys, after the third or fourth time, that dude was raped by the one guy, his own people should have come up. Instead of the cops doing that, his own people should have rushed that dude three, four deep. You know what I mean? Because like I said, whites in prison ain't down for that. Right. Unless you're going to say you're gay. And then if you're gay, you're going to go stand over there by yourself and fucking deal with it. You know what I mean? Because that's just how it is in there. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But as far as walking in there and being a, a solid dude, you know what I mean? From day one, if they told me that you and you and you were going to show up and I'm holding the keys, right? As soon as they let you loose, as soon as those cops tell you what bed you're going to, somebody's going to tell you to come with me. And if they're walking you to me, they're going to say, "Hey, I'm taking you this. to this
0: a shop so, caller.
1: You're going to do what he tells you to so, do." So when you say, "Sorry," I, what, what does it mean to hold the keys? I think I, I want to understand that a little bit. Like, what, what,
0: it's a metaphor for the car that everybody's in the car, right? And right. Whoever has the keys is the leader. So it's okay. just a metaphor.
1: So
5: it's it's your your own little gang. Okay. So so okay. okay. Got it. Yeah. so so, so the y- California prison systems are separated by area codes. Okay. OK, so if you get arrested and you get arrested in Merced all the way to Stockton, you're, you're in the 209, 209. OK, and then to get the groups a little smaller, they break it down to cities. OK,
1: you know what I mean? So like once you earn because you have to earn certain shit that you do in prison so 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 if you have the keys if you if you're from you know waterford and like you've got the key, you know you and you've kind of proven yourself you're gonna have the keys for the car the, the car right? The, right the guys that are in that are in that you know, in from waterford right like and that's, and modesto and wherever okay because it might be you might have 15 guys in it, you know that you have the keys for and there are yeah 20 guys okay could
5: be three guys okay. you know what i mean but the the so the the shot caller the key holder right so if one of these other homeboys has a problem with somebody else so before he does anything he's got to come talk to me yeah okay and then i go and i find out whoever holds the key for whoever car he has a problem with and i try to talk to that dude and if that dude don't want to be reasonable then me and him fight you know what i mean and then if that doesn't work then all of us fucking fight you know what I mean, and so regardless of that you're not involved, and you're not involved, and you're not involved, because me and him are involved, and I hold the keys, we're all involved now. You either jump with me, or there's going to be reper-
1: repercussions. repercussions. Yeah. If you don't. Yep. So what do you what do you you know what, I kind of want to we want to sort of wrap up pretty soon here, but but before we do that, I definitely want to hear you know you said to Zach, you think it's really important for people to know kind of what it's really like. What's the thing that's most important for you for people to yeah. understand that they don't understand that you think like, you know, people would if people had a better feeling for certain things, they'd have a different view on what we should do about prisons and how we should, you know, think about them.
5: you got to think about them with. What's their empathy? Yeah, empathy? Empathy. Yeah. empathy? OK, yeah. empathy. And you, you, you need to work on helping them because a lot of people in prison, it's a habit and they don't know. How to change it? Yeah, it's repeated. It's over and over. I did it five, six times. Right, and, you know and, and I mean? it wasn't because you were like, I just I'm stoked. I, I just don't want to back fucking to prison. I don't you, do you want to do it. Like, yeah, I don't want to get a job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't want yeah. to fucking find a place for me to live. Shit, you know what I mean? I don't want to have to. Look, it's easier in prison. and there, I have all that stuff because I'm somebody.
3: Now, does the prison try to offer like mentorship programs or, or things no. like
1: that? Like, yeah, no. And so all that's right. what you're. I mean, that. So what, some of what you're saying here is like. From a prison reform standpoint, right? We don't. There's not enough going not on enough in there to try to help people figure out how to not get back.
2: In your yeah. In your opinion, do you think like based on how separate into the the individual cars, like you said, how it's organized in there in the in the kind of the gangs or the races, do you think something like that would work in the prison system? It would probably take some time to. With the way it's set up now, that would take some time to kind of break Figure that out. system yeah. oh, for down, sure. right? For yeah. sure, you know, for
5: sure. Uh, but again, you're also going to have to separate. You know, some people get to that point in their life where that's an easier excuse. You know, yeah. I've been doing it now 13 years. I get up every day, about the same time I would in prison. You know what I mean? I don't work out no more. I drink coffee and I go to work. Mm-hmm. Same routine. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? If you come to my house and you, you know, even though I got a big ass house, you know, I live on my side of the bed. My tobacco's on my side of the bed. I got sodas. I got water and everything I need right there. Same thing in a cell because you get used to that little space is yours right. and you don't want people to violate that.
1: Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's a real big thing mm-hmm. in prison. But yeah. and, and now that you've been out, right? And like you said, you know, you're not in that sort of routine that kept, kept having you go back. Right. And like, you know, Zach talked about it and he, you know, sometimes I, I want to say Mike cause you know, sometimes people, you know, say things to blow, you know, smoke up your ass when you're there. But I've never heard Zach say anything but what he said, which is like, you know, you're you're his best worker. You're somebody that is fucking he relies on. You're 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 just you're great at your job. You're a solid dude. So we, now that you're that guy, right? You're somebody that has that routine that's really positive, and like you're doing things that, you know, keep you in a good pattern. Do you miss anything about prison? Like, is there any, you know, because you talked about it kind of like, you know, when you're in the bad pattern, you're like, well, it's kind of easier there. And you talked about the fact that those walls become a place of comfort in some ways. Now do you look back and you go, yeah, you know, there was that one thing that, that I kind of sometimes wish I was back. No, back no, no, no. So nothing. once you're out and you're out, you're like, you know, wh- anything that felt comfortable about it now, you're like, fuck that. Shit. Fuck, that. Fuck, yeah. that. <laughs> fuck that. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just there's,
5: there's too much. You know what I mean? I'd have to fight from the gate. I'd have to fight now because I got fucking Modesto on my stomach. You know what I mean? Because like, well, how'd you earn that? Right. And say, so when they ask you how you earn shit, you know, you got to start breaking down, dropping people's names that are right. co signing for you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. chances are they're in the back. Right. That means they're back in the hole. Right. You know what I mean? And so,
1: but. Wow. Okay. So. One of the things that you might know is that we do these highly competitive drafts, and uh, you know we're pretty competitive dudes here. And so, we, you know, no matter what arena you put us in, we want to be the best at it. And that includes hypothetical prison, Mike. So, okay, here's what you got to you got to tell us. Just by the conversation, just by looking at us, which of us is likely to, if if, if we all went to prison, which of the four of us is going to do the best, and which one is you know you're you're really concerned about how they're going to fare here.
5: I'd be concerned about this
1: yeah. down in here. Look at his fuck. Dad, you be concerned. I'd be concerned about <laughs> dad. Oh. He pointed at Brad first. All We're right, and, and really then nice. Zach. He's okay, really so, a nice so, guy. So, so, what, what, what are you picking up there? You just—is it the mustache on Brad that, you, that he's? are like just too square, too too square. You <laughs> know what I <laughs> mean?
5: <Exactly too. laughs> <Mike> he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't. look the part,
3: bro. No, does, no offense, brother, of I'm glad.
2: Yeah, just being nice. and No, no, Mike. For
0: our whole our whole lives together, Mike has thought of me of like as like the biggest dorky nose. Yeah, no, do
1: it straight square. It's so, so, okay. totally, right, totally. so, so it's down to Nick and I. Who, who, who which, of, who, 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 who between Nick and I are going to be the shot caller? Uh Damn. Chances are you would be. Yeah, that's right. I would be because
5: like, you're pretty you big. you
2: nice but,
1: but, but, but,
5: with son. that being said, he'd smart. The smaller guy'd be the smarter one. That's right. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you're gonna smarter, be, You're going to be. You're going to be the target. You know what I'm saying? They're going to automatically go for you whether you're calling a shot or you're like, oh, that's a big old boy and we don't want him to get his hands on us. So yeah. you think the
1: bigger you are, people put a target on your oh, back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Nick's over there just hoarding fucking uh, top <laughs> ramen. all the <laughs> He's just like top ramen Slanging in, that in ramen, like, cans but... that he's made into knives. <laughs> that beef but, ramen. Uh, <laughs> All right, hey Mike. I, seriously, we can't say enough about how much we appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah. It's super interesting, you know. Obviously for the pod's sake, but just for my own sake, I've been excited just to hear 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 the sort of the perspective and. Uh, so it's, it's awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. man, I really much.
5: appreciate you guys having me come out. It was real fun, real entertaining. Cool. Pleasure to meet you guys, and I'll do it anytime you need it. You know hey, me? you
1: know what? You, do, you don't You're say saying, it man. if you don't mean it, because we're going we're, we're to <laughs> suck you right back in. <laughs> okay, okay, so you ask, hey, you asked Scotch Beck over there, who, <laughs> yeah. who, who by the way, is we, the We
5: asked this guy
0: on one podcast. <laughs> he's been <laughs> done like 10 years this.
1: Well, you know, that's, that's the
5: thing. You know, that's something else that the prison system has taught me, okay? I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. I yeah. don't have to. Yeah. You know
1: just, yeah. <laughs> I have to Yeah You know what I mean Cause you'll just fucking punch me in the face
4: If I have
5: to You Hey I'll be honest with you guys I walked in I sized every one of you up What do I gotta do yeah. What am I gonna have to do To hurt this motherfucker If he's trying to hurt me oh, And that's what you do In the penitentiary yeah. You know what I mean yeah. Like I told you that first night I was scared boy I mean I was scared Like a bitch But I wasn't gonna let nobody else In that motherfucker know yeah. You know what I mean And the first motherfucker Said hey
1: dude Woo 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 Fuck you Oh boy oh, we we're fine yeah, It's what you do. Yeah, you know what right. I mean that's how you earn your respect. Uh, you know, I'm later. I'm gonna try to you know. Put, put the, I mean, now that I know <laughs> Nick's my competition, <laughs> shit's going to get real. All right. all right. hey,
3: so, hey, I think us, so us three man, can man. swing on Nick pretty hard. Man. Man. That's, that's, yeah. right. that's right. If they learned anything
1: from Mike, It's if, if one of you goes, you all go. That's right. That's right. You, you, all
4: right. So, Mike, so, hey, thank you so much. Mike, man. thanks hey, a so no lot. I really appreciate, right, it. appreciate it. Awesome, you guys. Thank you. All right, you. we'll
1: be back with some snagging, shagging, and body bagging in just a minute. All right, we are back. What a great conversation we had with Mike. Um, so we're gonna jump now to our shag snag body bag. We're talking Shawshank, and I'm gonna kick it right on over to Brad first, since he's the he's the one that just popped his Shawshank cherry.
3: All right, well, my <laughs> <laughs> Shawshank cherry. Uh, my my shag is. And, and this is related to how I watched the movie. And, and if you guys obviously have been listening, you know that I did not watch the movie for the first 20 uh, something years that it was out. 28. It, it's approaching, yeah, it's approaching 30 just uh, <laughs> very soon, two years. <laughs> um, so I didn't watch it for the first 28 years it was out and then decided to watch it a couple nights ago um, for this pod. I got to say that my shag is seeing a movie without. Any preconceived notions. Like when you see it at the theater, maybe nobody's talked about it and you're kind of like the first of your group to see it. I think there's something special about that when, like, it's like you just don't know what to expect. And so you just, this movie's going to punch you as hard as it can. And there's not going to be any, like, oh, I'm kind of expecting this or that. As much as I avoided and really had no clue for most of the Shawshank stuff, there were still enough pop culture things that I had heard where I kind of knew some of the beats. I didn't know exactly how things were going to happen. One, I knew that he was not going to be uh, – he wasn't guilty. He was wrongfully accused. Two, I had heard that he crawls through shit.
2: <laughs> so I knew, I knew he
3: was getting out. I didn't know exactly how that was all going to go down, and I didn't especially know how Morgan Freeman played into the, into the, the whole scheme of things. So I, I got to say my shag is when you can see a movie like a Shawshank or, or whatever – um, mine was legitimately, it was seeing, uh, the hangover without any knowledge of it. I think it was opening weekend just randomly and just laughing my ass off. Cause I had no clue what to expect and it just knocked my socks off. So, um, that's my shag is seeing those movies when you have no knowledge whatsoever and then they just blow you away. So I, I can assume that for a lot of folks, this is what, Shawshank was. That definitely was
1: the case for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Goodwill Hunting is another one for me, which is one of my favorites that I had really had that raw experience. I don't even think I was like, I didn't know anything other than the Knew title. Knew nothing about it? Other than the title. That's tight. And I saw it in,
2: in theater. Uh, my Shag is, um, well, prison break movies, but going a little more along, a little more romantic direction, like Brad, is, are movies that are always, they're, they're rewatchable, I guess is the simplest way to put it, but that they don't get, they don't get old, and like Nate has mentioned for multiple movies that they, they change depending on what you're going through in your life, where you're at in your life. They're always great. There's enough, you know, real life that you can connect with. It doesn't get too heavy. It's so which makes it obviously rewatchable. The acting's amazing, um, and it ends, you know, it, it, you know, it ends like a like Brad was saying, like a romantic sports movie does. For people that love movies, um, a movie like this that is timeless. I don't know, the older I get, I don't know if it's because I'm getting old or I don't know if it's because we're just oversaturated with TV shows and movies that come out, you know, once every week, I feel like, on different streaming services, that they're either remakes um, of one movie or they're a superhero movie. Sorry, Brad. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I just feel like original um, written movies that are like this don't feel like they come around um, as often anymore. And a movie like this, I feel like the older we get – the more valuable and the more kind of, like, cherish movies like this.
3: I'll say, remember when we were younger, like, there was something cool about opening that, that, uh, I don't remember what day they would start, I think it was, like, maybe Thursday, the newspaper would start li- having the listings for the weekend yeah. that was going to be coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know I wasn't in tune with, like, what was coming out, aside from previews that I would see on TV. Right. Or you or would the check movies. the newspaper, and you would see, like, oh, shit, here's, here's so what's coming out. Thursday or at the movies was the when day you're...
1: that they had the big, like, you could see they almost like the movie poster in the Yeah, newspaper. yeah, yeah. yeah. The all, all the the
3: graphics would be really big, and it was like, oh, shit. Like, this and it was like out this Jurassic weekend. Park. Yeah, it might just be three or four movies, but that that's what you knew was coming out. It's Armageddon. not like today where, like you said, every single day you could watch something
2: absolutely brand new. Between all the streaming services and and shit like that. I was listening to uh, This Is Important, our guys on This Is Important, and they were just joking about that exact thing. (laughs) They were joking about... Yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm watching right now. I'm watching, like, 25 things right now. <laughs> don't fucking ask me. Like, I could remember, like, an hour ago. I don't know what I'm watching. I forget
3: about shows that I get into, yes. and I'll be watching them, then all of a sudden, like, I start watching something else, I forget that I actually, oh, yeah, I watch, like, the first
2: three episodes. Yeah, like, I'm of that. eight episodes <laughs> into that series, yes. and, and I have no I idea.
1: I don't watch anything until it's done.
2: Oh. So that way I don't forget. And yeah. like you said, Brad, like... Also being at the movie theater and watching the previews at the movie theater is yeah. oh, so such God an damn, unbelievable so experience. So,
0: right. so no bullshit. That's my snag. So oh, uh, snag my or shag. shag. My shag. My shag is the tiny movie theater behind Taco Bell in Turlock. Okay. which is whole, probably is where you saw this movie, I would be willing to bet. Yeah, that is possible. I I, I back it was like then, right it been by there, it been. There. I saw <laughs> yeah, Forrest right Gump
3: there. I saw Jurassic Park there. I know me for sure. Too. I saw I Back to the Future 2 there. I, I saw
0: Jurassic Park there and that was like my like my like the the thing that made me love movies was seeing Jurassic Park in the theater at that movie theater and I, I just remember thinking like, "Oh my god, like this is what
3: movies." The Gardens was this the bowling is alley. So fucking ridiculous. I saw there's yeah. something What was about what Mary was the movie theater called?
0: I I don't don't even know what it was called, dude. But either way, it was like I felt like it was like a smaller. There was only like two or three screens. It was like there was like a super community feel to it. They actually like later on after they made it into like a dollar movie theater where you could go see stuff that came out like three months ago and go see for like a buck. But uh, just that experience, like this movie, Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park. Armageddon, like I have specific memories, just like Bev's Video Kingdom. I have a specific memories of that theater and like all of these movies that go together with Shawshank Redemption for me. Like, like, like you said, the movies that were that were up for Best Picture that year, like Forrest Gump and uh, Pulp, Fiction, Pulp,
1: Fiction, Pulp Fiction,
0: Fiction. All those, all those movies, like Pulp Fiction, was like even too old for me. Like, I didn't yeah. get to see, go see Pulp Fiction in the theater because I wasn't like my parents wouldn't have let me do that. You know what I mean? But like. It, I, this is a this is a pretty he- I mean this is a heavy movie it's it's inspirational but also like really heavy which I feel like the same thing with like Forrest Gump like this is just like an, uh, Brad said at the beginning of the of the of the pod like. This is like a an American film, right? Like, there's something about it that seems very like accessible, but at the same time, like it's it's watered down, but it's still impactful emotionally. And uh, and I, and I, I just dig that. It makes me think of that specific theater, and that was that was that was my shack. Love it. Can
3: so, somebody, love it. Somebody local has to give me the name of the, the Turlock. Someone on somebody <laughs> on the <laughs> socials, please hit me up because it's bugging me now. I want to say
1: it was something like Central Valley Cinema or Turlock. Turlock was it Cinema? Valley? I think it was just Valley Cinema. It might be Valley Cinema. That, that sounds about right. I think it was right. Mervin's adjacent. <laughs> it, was, it was right. Mervin's Adjacent. It was called
3: Get Some Taco Bell After You Watch the Movie. <laughs>
1: um, so... Uh, at the risk of being kind of like, you know, a little overly simplistic, I think my shag here is, is friendship and com- camaraderie. Oh uh, yeah. So in the movie, it's not just Red and Andy, which I think is, is really cool, but like the, there's a lot of dynamics with, uh, the, with the crew that I really like. Um, and so, you know, the Brooks and Andy kind of connection and, um, the guy with the little speech impediment that he like, he like had
0: like a little bit of a stutter. Yeah.
1: Not- yeah. 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 Um, and uh, so I, I really, I just, that, that that's a part of the movie that I kind of even forgot to talk about in our opening, but I think probably that was the thing that drew me to it originally, was that like there's just the, the connection that the friendships sort of have in the movie is so great, but I definitely, you know, I, I, I could kind of watch those scenes and the, those connections I, you know, all day. I felt the
0: same, Nate, when we were in Facebook jail. Like it was really the same for me. I felt a real camaraderie with you me guys. Too. So I was like, I'm just I, if I was gonna be in Facebook prison with somebody, I just wanted to be these three guys. Well,
3: when you fought that first guy and like we all backed you up. We, yeah,
0: like, no, yeah. it was great. It was great when I when when I dropped my soap and you guys
1: came to my rescue. <laughs> when you, you made that comment on that one page and we all jumped in. With like oh yeah, I forgot comments. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys you guys really had my back in the virtual uh, virtual world. All right, Zach, you going to start with you? What what do you got for a, a snag? So what do you want to take home with
0: you? If I'm going to snag something it is the big like mid movie and I've talked about this so many times so it seems super reductive and dumb but like the big mid movie like emotional payoff or like or like switch of some sort and so they so they did it twice in this movie and it's one when uh, when Brooks ends up killing himself and then it's two when you as the viewer and and I mean I guess it's controversial whether or not this was like a twist to anybody but to me when I first watched this movie I remember thinking like oh like fucking maybe like oh he didn't do it like uh, you know they they kind of throw that they kind of throw that curveball at you and uh maybe I was just naive watching it but I also remember thinking like Maybe he did it. Maybe he didn't. You know what I mean? Like I was kind of back and forth about it. And then they threw that kind of in the middle. And I was like, I was like, all right, this movie's, this movie's got me. I want to know where, I want to know where it's going to take me. And it fucking ends up taking you to a beach in, uh, in Mexico with a shitty boat. And I fucking love it. I love, I love, I love, I love all that stuff but the the mid movie like kind of uh you know gut punch is 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 going to be my snack
2: and sure. that saying that what cool how cool is it that a movie where you're in a prison for 80% of the movie yeah. for it to end on a turquoise beach in Mexico, what a cool. perfect way to end a prison movie! La- Couple of platonic bros just hugging it out on the beach, bro. Well, bro. La- last
3: week, bro. I, I kind of suggested uh, a, a corny song that could have ended at the end of Hereditary when I said it could have ended with Highway Highway to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of Shawshank. Like how how atrocious would it be if it was just all of a sudden reunited and it feels <laughs> so good? <laughs> That's that song comes on at the very end. Like how much does it kill that scene? <laughs> uh, it's dead. <laughs> I think that might be my new thing. I'm just going to try to bring out like what movie that plays at the end of the movie oh, that would just ruin the feeling. That's going to
2: be like your Till Dawn? You're going to come <laughs> up with it? Oh, I think that's amazing. That's, on that, that's, that's, that's a freaking amazing idea. The only thing that beats that
0: is if, is if it just goes straight into Ebony and Ivory.
3: That's probably the better choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the better choice, 100%. All right.
2: Nick, was yours the ending? No, mine's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm co-sign on that. So, the, the voiceover of Morgan Freeman after yep. this movie, it became a thing yep. um, and not just, it was just Morgan Freeman's thing. And it was kind of, people would make fun of it or make, you know, fun of it, or it'd be part of like SNL skits. Um The, uh, the writers and people on the last man on earth, the Will Forte show um, worked actually say what into, I think it was season two. Um, You know, it's post-apocalyptic. They're kind of traveling around the United States or, you know, the, They're trying to look for a home to kind of. They're seeing who else is you know alive after this like um, this plague that's, you know stripped the earth of. Have you see? Have you guys seen Last Man on Earth? I have. I have not watched. So then they they do a lot of plays on the Morgan Freeman. They try and make fun of his voice. Will Forte tries to do the Morgan Freeman voice and like the voiceover. But anyways, it not just the voiceover, but Morgan Freeman is charisma, and just Morgan Freeman just doing what Morgan Freeman does and just being one of the best actors that we will all you know see in our lives and. It's a you know, it's not the same movie without him. So I gotta I gotta give our boy Morgan Freeman.
3: And I'm gonna jump right in there too with just I mean, a couple of trios. When you look at uh, eighty-nine, he does Lean on Me, Drive Me Miss Daisy, and Glory all in one year. That's incredible. And then ninety-four into ninety-five, he does Outbreak Shawshank seven. It's like, I mean, god damn, the That's dude was just shit. putting yep. in work. His uh, he's one of the top five paid actors of all time. Um, his his IMDb is pretty damn solid across the board. I mean, between all and the he's, he's done,
0: decidedly not a heartthrob. He's decidedly just an amazing actor, and he doesn't his, he doesn't have six six pack abs or like he doesn't he might, have he like have even like back. the raw sexuality of like Denzel, who's not like the most like you know like beautiful man in the world, but he's super good looking. You know, oh, what if, I mean? you, like, if
3: you want to see the raw sexuality, you better check out when he was on Electric Company back in the early seventies. <laughs> And he was uh, easy reader. Look up easy reader on Dude. YouTube if you want to see Morgan Freeman just getting down and teaching
2: kids to read. It's they awesome. show him. Oh. They
0: show him a bunch in the movie where they keep stamping his thing rejected, and it shows like the real young picture of oh, him. Yeah, yeah. Dude. So
2: I got something on that. What That's you his got? son. Oh really? Yeah. So that's I, I remember seeing oh, that no shit. That's, that's Denzel's that's son and great. actually no, no, you uh, Morgan Freeman's. Morgan son. Freeman's son. I'm sorry. Um yeah, Morgan Freeman's son and actually he has son has a quick little part and I'm pretty sure that so when when um Tim Robbins comes Tim in. Robbins comes off the bus yeah. and there's um one of the guys is like fish fish, fish. fish we're reading yes. them in. That's and I think son. that's his son. The really? one that's in the mugshot—that's huh. his son, also. Same guy.
0: I mean, not to name drop like Nate did earlier with his friend that did the Hangover, but uh, Scott Budnick. Yeah, yeah. I tripped over that name after you dropped it, but um, <laughs> I did. I did see Morgan Freeman and his estranged wife. Uh, in about two thousand and one, when I was a host at
3: El Oh Trito. yeah, you mentioned that. Yep. Oh, oh, I really? thought no, I thought he was the one that came into uh, uh, Bubba Gump's. Bubba Gump.
0: No, I think I seated him at El Torito. I'm pretty sure. I could have that one. The one in Monterey? Yeah, the one on one on. Oh, on you seated okay. him? Yeah, yeah, I was only a host. I, was, I wasn't a server at that. Are did you, guys, you chicken did out and talk you,
2: to him are, like you did with the Hoist and Heavies are, guys? Are
0: you
1: guys still in touch? or?
0: Well, you know, <laughs> usually if he needs a seat anywhere, I'm just like, hey, Morgan, just wait for me. I'll be right there. I'll get you seated, bro. <laughs> Don't worry about
2: it. Uh, all
0: right. Well, I'm going to... I gonna know s-
2: how to get things, Morgan. I'm <laughs> a oh, man who knows I how to I can get, get you some biscuits. <laughs> uh
1: so What's up, Red? I'm going to snag uh, the sneaky sort of philosophical undercurrent of the movie, um, which is like, you know, we this kind of came up earlier. But there's this sort of question about like the way the kind of the mind games that you play and the way the role that like what hope is and, and how you cope with things. Right. So like, you know, Red sort of sees it as this thing that kind of, you know, can 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 really kill you, literally kill you in that place. And Andy sees it as the only thing in some ways that like allows him to survive. And there's this for me, right. That kind of complexity that is running through it, that it, they don't hit you on the head. Like they don't, they don't make that they're not super heavy handed about it. But I think that's one of the things that makes it so that I see it in different ways as I go on. Like I said, like I'd never really paid attention until now. And partly it's cause you know where you are in your life. But like the idea that for Andy, it's not just about some like, you know, far off hope, it's like I have to keep doing these things that allow me to feel like I'm moving forward in a productive and meaningful way, even if in the end it doesn't amount amount to anything, right? So for Andy, the hope is living. I mean, that's living living. to him. That's what's the
2: point of living without hope? Totally. And I think, you know, the
1: get busy living or get busy dying thing is is like it, it gets portrayed as though like there's this moment, this break point where like, okay, now it's time to get busy living. But I think Andy, in some ways, is talking about the fact that, like, he figured out a long time ago he had to live in prison in in a way that, like, made it okay for him. And uh, that was something I I just really love about the movie.
0: It's like, Nate, like, you know that, like, eventually, like, you have the hope that your daughter's going to sleep through the night. So you're just, like, every day, you're like, all right (laughs) – I just have to hold on to this hope that this is going to happen. Well, Nick, you probably have the same thing going
1: But like Andy, I don't just idly hope. I slowly give her melatonin and <laughs> her food so that I'm Drugger. just dosing her more and more. So yeah. eventually she's going to so pass you're, out. You're digging that hole. That's right. I'm digging that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know. She, I don't know if or, when she might, if when she's asleep. But someday her melatonin levels gonna be so high. I gotta think. Nate walks out with the excess melatonin. He just dumps it out his pant leg. He's like, "Yeah, she's fine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: 40 <laughs> oh, milligrams. She's ready for
1: bed." just shoots right. running down your leg. Some, some point. Some point. The Benadryl is coming just out.
3: Melatonin, baby. <laughs> well, Nate, you mentioned watching the movie like at certain points of it i think there's one difference here watching it now than maybe if i would have watched it when i was like i said back in high school or, or shortly after is one thing i noticed a little bit more and i i don't know i don't know exactly how to think about this but it's just the idea that you have a book that was written with uh read as a white character it was an irish dude and then morgan freeman gets the part and so they change him to a, a, a black character but yet it seems like They do zero to acknowledge that this is a black man living through the 40s, 50s, 60s in one of the more chaotic periods for, for black people in the United States. And yet... There's really just no talk whatsoever. And it, In after talking movie, with Mike, I you're mean, you're
0: stepping inside my body bag right
1: now. Yeah, hundred percent.
3: Okay, 100%. okay I'll, I'll let you. flow. I'll let you because this was going to be part of my body bag, you're, and you're, I decided to switch it. But I wanted to bring it up. Nail hard, at some hard
1: point. on the head, right? or is that where we're at, you guys? We've all we've. Yeah, I'd, I'd like, like to. Uh, can I? Go can go back. I just, yeah, can I just
0: piggyback on what Brad is saying? Is that like my huge problem with this movie is that it completely ignores race altogether. There is no racism from the guards. There's no racism from the fellow prisoners, and I mean we're talking about 1940s America. Like fucking racism is alive and well in fucking where's where's Shawshank prison Maine. Maine.
3: But at the same time, that yeah, that, that's not going to matter. It really. doesn't
0: matter. I mean it, these are these are these are incarcerated people, and there was some serious race issues and divides going on at this time. And the fact that this movie ignores it completely makes it. It Disneyfies it. it in
3: a sense, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It that's, makes that's it a about...
0: super Disney-fied, sanitized version so, of this time. So so, in history. so, so
1: here's my let me just disagree for for fun, not not because I, I I don't I think that's a fine take. Um, but like, so so my literal example of Disney's version of racism that I always bring up is Remember the Titans, right? I knew and you I literally that. hate that movie for the not, but but so so for me the difference is that they take on racism in a way that is just fully patronizing and fucking like so shallow in the way that they resolve it from my perspective, that they're like all the complexity and all the seriousness and all the gravity is just from, I, I always think of thinking that movie is just completely like shit. It's just, it's just terrible. Whereas here, it, it seems like a weirdly i mean it's it's weird in the sense that like you're all, you're obviously right let's never acknowledged it's never acknowledged, it, it's never acknowledged. Yeah. but but it, it it feels very much like a choice to just not just ignore that dimension and not to like pacify it so like I, I i always i never watch it and think like they're trying to make it out as though race wasn't an issue they're just like we're just not going to deal with that complexity in the movie but but I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing because
0: I just feel like that's unfair to uh, but here oh, so so let me give you the counter what th- those people went through but they, but also, not don't, even the they also don't
2: spend much time talking about the time period either it's all about the prison it's all about what's going on inside those walls right, but they those, spend zero I just time.
0: feel I feel and maybe I'm completely wrong I have no idea I wasn't alive in 1940 but I feel no, like I, I feel right. like those relationships like the relationships portrayed in this are very fairy tale mythical shit that wouldn't have happened in real life no I'm not disagreeing I, that's I think that's it's true, but I, I, I. It's a good take. But I
1: think my, my my comment is more that like it invalidate. It's validating in a way, in the sense that I think race was such an issue, right? That it would it's if you deal if you decision. deal with that, it, it overtakes you, the story. It completely yes, you know, I agree. Like, if you deal with it, you either deal with it half ass and poorly. Right. Or you can't even see right. anything else. Right. And so I always think of it as like they just they, they realize they can't do anything.
0: So here's quality. the ultimate shit take, right? So my mind immediately goes, like, why cast Morgan Freeman in this role if you're not going to fucking address this shit? Um, you know what I mean? Why not have it be another white guy and then we don't have this
3: conversation, right? Interestingly yeah, enough, hard. and I and I'm not too too well versed, but just from some things I've seen about Morgan Freeman, like his takes on race are very much yeah, like they're... don't acknowledge me as a black man, I'm not gonna acknowledge you as a white man. let just be men and and just be based off of like our actions and that's kind of his take so maybe he kind of appreciated that that it was just like it's not i'm a black man and so we have to make everything about my character from a black man's perspective i can just be a black man who's acting this movie and not have to deal with all i unfortunately
0: feel like his his take is from a from a very privileged
2: right
3: perspective which kind of sucks but i would agree all right.
2: Is that one last thing is his um, is it a shot at the 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 original writing the, the, of two? he makes the joke he says he like, maybe him. it's cuz yeah. I'm Irish yeah. I didn't, it's I a great that. joke it's a great joke it. but yeah. yeah
3: it's it's playing that that I think that line is actually uh, maybe it was in the book. to that. Yeah. Okay.
2: That's great.
1: Brad, what do you got?
3: Um, my body bag and and this is again I mentioned earlier that there's maybe one reason that I, I don't I'm not like super gushing on this movie. I really don't like Tim Robbins as an actor. Oh, wow. I have never liked Tim Robbins, and I think a lot of it stems from how Duke he throws a baseball in Bull Durham. Nuke and The fact that he can't throw a baseball really bothers me. and <laughs> He's it, like six five. I know, and it's just like that, that for some reason really <laughs> always angered me. I was like, how did they get a guy that is supposed to be this ace <laughs> up and coming pitcher and he cannot throw a baseball like that's that's pathetic but i will say this there's not been many movies when tim robbins has been i'm like oh shit tim Robbins! Is in th- i gotta go see this like no. i'm never feeling like that he does a, a good job in this movie but he's very just tim robbins i've seen him uh, the, the couple things i could mention that I, I liked him in he's uh, pretty funny in martin lawrence nothing to lose i, I, I do like that that's movie. a pretty silly comedy he does a good job in that and then um uh, high fidelity i kind of like his his goofy yeah. like aloof character and high
1: fidelity but other than that i'm just he's never blown me so, away so, with so, his so, acting so i don't disagree with that general take but i think he's perfect in this role yeah. so like like I, I think that's right but maybe this is just his wheelhouse i'm not sure though like there's a ton of other stuff i i i, I love him in this role and like for me tim robbins is andy so like you know in some ways, exactly I'm like, i think See, I that's think the when thing you say i've seen a him so in other role, yeah. i think
0: this is the tim robbins role that's right it. and the other thing is is like i like him the, I like everything he does in this movie except when he goes to the hole and, like, he comes out and he's supposed to be, like – and
1: like he, a little the director, much of a shell.
0: Yeah, the director obviously told him, like, you've been changed. Like, you need to be different. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't love that, what he did with that part of it. But besides that, I
2: thought he was really good. Nicky? Um, just the fact that we talked about, like, the really tight-knit group of friends and that uh, I would have been nice to have seen, like, maybe Morgan Freeman have another – almost like a goodbye interaction, because obviously they weren't going to have that with Tim Robbins. Oh, yeah, you're out, right. He
0: kind of just leaves the prison yeah. and never says goodbye him, to anybody.
2: Right? And you've been with those guys the entire movie, and you yeah. like the interactions. It would have been nice to have just had a little something, not too much, but a little interaction with the friends. I mean,
3: maybe that's the trust thing that Mike was kind of talking yeah. about. It's like that's it's, it's more you're, you're here as it used to me, and then if he says, I'm going to be breaking out, they're like, fuck like you, I'm you're out. not. Like. Yeah.
1: Well, you're saying that who, but you're saying Morgan Freeman's, you're saying Red's character
2: didn't have a goodbye? He never yeah, says Red's. goodbye to all the oh, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it I thought you made, were talking. You know, okay. No, no, I got I'm you, saying. It bad. would have made more sense for them to have at least working some type of a goodbye. But like, yeah. like Brad's saying, um, well, never mind. We might, we'll find out. Uh, oh, no, our guest was already on. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry time no i had word. a. I had no a, a time yeah. is a flat circle i, I had a christopher nolan moment uh uh-huh. yeah like he said like when you're ready to get out like no i'm out and like yeah. maybe i'll see you outside even a guy like red who's not stoked to get out like right like yeah. he i mean that's weird
0: that's kind of a weird it's a long time it's, it's a weird dynamic i mean how long was red in prison
1: like he gets 30 years i think something? it was 30 yeah. right that's 30. so fucking wild um. So I, no surprise that I don't have a whole lot of like serious body bags here because I, for me, it's pretty darn close to a perfect movie. But the thing that just, there's a little stretch that distracts me. Um. And and they're like real little plausibility things. So like, there's no way that Tim that, that the warden suit fits Tim Tim Robbins because no. he, he was called, They, they, he would, would, be, just like, they would look like capris on him. <laughs> um. Even even allowing for like so him like somehow like you know. Just undo the hem or something. I don't buy. I,
3: it. I saw something about the the heights that Tim Robbins six five and that dude's six two, so it's not six two that really, really? Oh, really not that different. I didn't realize he but was But they we... but they constantly film him a little bit like okay, in different yeah. angles yeah. to like around. make him yeah. So. Can we
0: say how fucking evil that dude is? Like <laughs> I don't good. think we've addressed that. I fucking hate him worst. so. much.
3: See that threw me for a loop because he starts off as kind of like uh, somewhat kind, like he's not. He's I mean he's kind of a dick about Bible and stuff, but he he he, he seems to be reasonable. Yeah. Until all of a sudden you start getting. Until all the he shit tells him do. what's it's he say. To
0: what's this. he say? You're being obtuse. He yeah, fucking yeah. makes or a or am turn I being obtuse. right there.
3: He makes a turn
0: when he calls him oh, yeah. obtuse.
1: But but in some he ways I love turnt. it because it's like you get a yeah, <laughs> turned, yeah.
4: straight
1: turnt. So so <laughs> that part and then Brad kind of made a reference to it. But the um, I, I guess it's plausible that he saw that he chose the night partly because he knew the thunderstorm was coming. No. But I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, that's convenient. And then does he really break that pipe on, like, the third try with that rock? And then then the the, the the hole's all of a sudden, like, way bigger. Exactly. (laughs) So, like, he, like, breaks the pipe, and all of a sudden he can fit through the hole. I'm like, wait, what?
2: And then they, or it gushes immediately, so it was full, full enough. Of shit, exp- but then and then the like like next very cut like is it's empty.
1: empty. So, so, so that, so that little like tiny sequence, yeah. I'm always a little bit like, oh, God, well, really? Do we we couldn't have figured something out there? But
3: well, and I didn't realize there was such a huge ordeal about. And I actually thought this. I I said it to the family as we were watching that. I said. How did he get the poster back on the wall so perfectly? I fucking that's what, another one. So for my me. my daughter, she said, she <laughs> says, is like
0: I don't like it. She says it's no, not she, straight.
3: She says that when he was uh, uh, digging the hole, he was like under the poster, yeah. and then it kind of flaps back yeah. down. So she's saying that he just kind of went under Throws the in, flap, and, and then it kind of flapped back down.
0: I I cool. believe it. If he waited it, I was way.
1: thinking the same thing though. Wouldn't it roll up on him?
0: So, so so, my issue is solved by my streaming recommendation, which I'll talk about in a little bit, because it happens almost exactly the same way. But what happens is all you have to do is believe that Robbins goes through the hole like numerous nights in a row in order to cut the hole in the shit tube. Because right. when they make you believe that he does it all on that same night, it makes it unrealistic. So what so you, you think could believe, prepped. what you could believe is that he's already gone through the hole, mm-hmm. fucking forty nights in a row, and cut slowly the hole in the sewer pipe now so he that he to can hit get it. into it exactly. Then he just okay. has to
1: pick the night okay. that he's gonna leave, yeah. which we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. Um, all right. So so that's that's our body bags. We are. Streaming on streaming.
2: streaming. I'm gonna go first.
0: I'm gonna go first. So, so, uh, I believe it's Showtime. Um, you can you can stream it. I had a guy at my work illegally download it and put it on a disc for me. Um, but Escape from Dana So, this is a series, Ben Stiller series, right? Ben Stiller directed, which is like burying the lead because the direction of this and the acting and everything about this is fucking perfect you guys like i've already recommended it once on one of our earlier ones but dude it is so unreal the tightness of the story i believe it's eight episodes it's a true story ben stiller directed we're starring patricia arquette uh benicio del toro and paul dano And uh, Benicio Del Toro and Paul Dano are escaping from prison. They do the exact same thing that happens. And this is a true story that happened in 2015. And they're doing exactly what happened in this movie. They dig through the wall. Once they get through the wall, they kind of climb down through the infrastructure of the prison. And they're into like the sewer system part of it. And they're doing exactly what, they're, what he does, except for they do it over, like, two months. So they finally get through the wall. And then once they get in there, they're going in there every night, switching spots every night. And they're cutting through, like, this big metal pipe that they eventually get into. And that's how they escape from the prison. They end up, they end up escaping. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it is the most, like, spectacular real world. Uh, when you watch it, I have a brother-in-law that doesn't like anything this fucking guy he's he's like got a super like interesting perspective on stuff to me but he doesn't like anything like everything he recommends to me is like oh this is really good until it sucks and this is why it sucks <laughs> but this one he recommended to me it was like i love this series and when i watched it i was like oh my god i can't find any flaws with it so escape of danamora uh check it out that's my streaming rig all
2: right um i got so it's a prison it's a it's a it's a prison escape movie. There's been two movies made. It's Papillon. The first one was with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman in 1973. It's streaming on Hulu it looks like. Um, and then I just I don't know why I turned it on and left it on. I'm, it's a it's a pretty Cause you hit downer yourself. of a movie. <laughs> but I don't know if I remember watching all of the original Steve McQueen version. First of all, knowing that I didn't know it was a true story first of all an unbelievable true story and the 2017 version with charlie hunnan and Remy malik is a pretty damn good movie surprised the hell out of me and i learned that the dude fucking lives through the escape it's an unbelievable story off they escape off of devil's island which is in the crazy. Like I forgot where it's at exactly. It's like in the tropics. Um, but I, I recommend actually the, the, the 2017 version of it. Um, it's surprising. The story is unbelievable. Definitely an intense graphic, uh, downer until you, you know, it ends
0: Jax Teller and Freddie Mercury escape from prison
2: Dude,
3: I'm
0: in bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's
3: go. All right. My stream is, uh, the first time that I got to see Morgan Freeman in a movie and was just like, okay, this dude's legit as fuck. And that was glory. So, uh, one of his first big roles. Um, it's an amazing movie. movie. Great film. Denzel, obviously I got the Academy award for it. So it's, it's a classic check it out. If you've never watched it, civil war, um, the, uh, 54th regiment, and they are a bunch of badasses. It's a great movie.
1: It's so badass. So on Netflix, you can find Shot Caller, which is hell yeah. If you like uh, Game of Thrones, the Jamie Lannister characters that actor plays a guy that ends up in prison, and uh, it's it's a, wait, Jamie
3: Lannister always looks very aloof and like no yeah he, he's he,
1: hardcore in this one.
3: He starts uh, there and ends. Okay,
1: that's going to be an interesting
3: one because I can't imagine him as looking like a, a he, tough
1: he, dude. He looks like a tough dude. He, he, especially by the end, he's a total badass. And, he has and, both hands. <laughs> uh, most of the movie. Yeah. Does he okay. fight any bears? <laughs> um, so, so he, yeah, he's uh, so so so. It's a good one, and and actually, you know, as much as it. I mean it's a prison movie so it has that with Shawshank but in some ways it's even a better like match for our discussion with Mike yeah you know there's some things in the, there that Mike talked about that I'm like oh shit like mm-hmm. that Shot Caller kind of had it right um, so so anyway if if, if, uh, if sort of prison culture uh, is is
2: interesting to you definitely check, and, check and out they don't shy away from violence gore oh it's the it's, the daily tension of fights and, and violence like brutal. they don't shy away from that at yeah, all
1: yeah yeah be prepared so that's that's all right okay so we're down to the end here we we all we have left is for to shelf it reshelf and, and alternate end mm-hmm. does anyone have
2: a reshelf or an alternate ending got like a weak one so i mean zach might be into it it's a little twist a little mind bender i love it all right. same story up until he goes into the two month in the hole But then the movie ends, it goes to the end, it goes to the beach, just like it it did. It's all kind of like this, kind of everything works out, the fairy tale. But then, boom, he wakes up in the hole. And he's hallucinating in the hole, oh, and then credits. That's the dark oh, ending. That's hardcore. God damn, that would ruin people. I literally had
0: that thought as he's laying there, and there's like just a little bit of sunlight. I was like, oh, the... this is where his psychotic break comes. Yes, yes, yeah, I love
2: that screen. It didn't screen test very well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've in got ninety four.
3: Uh, yeah, so you st- you end the movie a little later. I'm actually going to end the movie a little bit earlier. I, my idea was just that Tommy is allowed to testify. And gets Andy out, but Andy, like, basically the warden's like, okay, I'm only gonna let him do this, and he's like, look, I will not say anything, you know me, I will not say anything to anybody, but... You got to get read out. You got to let his probation go through and get read out. So they get to have their little fishing adventure down in Mexico a little bit earlier with a little bit less bloodshed and chaos.
0: I kind of like the idea of him using some sort of like blackmail over the warden instead Mm of I mean, I like the idea that the warden kills himself, I guess. Uh, I kind of like that he like uses that to his advantage a little
3: bit. Right. And he somehow was able to sneak out money. So like he was actually sipping on it. So once he gets out and he's gone, like they're going to Mexico, he actually did get a bunch of money. He had some money that he had tucked away from all his little dealings with the warden and, and uh, had enough to save up. It might not have been as much as he got through the, the regular ending. But. He
0: obviously, after he gets out of prison, goes to the spot that he told Red to go to and put something there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when he was in prison, like, so this was just like his, he's that
3: forward thinking. Like, mm-hmm. he was thinking like, all right, I'm going to go there and do some shit. It's not that long before he, he, he gets out. But that's what I mean. Like he's already he's he's in the final preparations. Like I'm well, just he about he to leave. So that was part part yes. of
0: his master plan was to when he gets out because he knows he's yeah, gonna he, get out. He's
1: gonna go there, put that glass right. there, and, and the leave him some, some money so he can get the bus fare and, and all. He's that He's probably shit. trying to figure out well, where's a place I can tell him to go that is pretty out of the way where no one's likely to find it, but it'll right. be easy for him to. Figure well, over. that's why dude's Greg my, starts
3: thinking he's like crazy. He's like, "What the fuck's up with this guy? This dude's my best platonic friend." Right, I got you anybody else train me i mean uh, so uh I've, I've, alternates? Got, I've
1: got two so so the one So till dawn t- so shawshank till dawn so uh so andy gets <laughs> out um so we see him you know he puts his hands in the air in the rain and like then and one of the things i've always wondered is like like how where does he go like where does he hang out in between the time that he like it's the middle of the night and then he shows up at the bank the next day does he end well, up at the titty twister so he he ends up he ends up at a bar he like stumbles into this <laughs> he's bar. There's a cheech there out in and, the front, uh, steps. You know, he's kind of like sneaking around <laughs> oh, the bar. Cheech all sudden, is so great. Like, he feels comfortable because it looks like a little bit of a questionable crowd. And then you know, he goes in, and all of a sudden, vampires everywhere. Oh
2: mother! So She's he's got to
1: fight his way out. So he fights. He prison fights his way out of this vampire bar. Goes finds a little house, gets dressed in the warden suit. Um, somehow adds six inches steak. to the bottom of his <laughs> pants. Uh, and okay, so that's one. That's 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 Shawshank till dawn. Um, so, the, the only little tiny twist I, I thought about was in the note that he leaves. Red. He says, "You know, we had something in common. I just I never could share with you. Like I, I'm the other guilty man in Shawshank." And he actually did kill his wife oh nice and he, and, and he's like, you know if i, I you know I, I could never admit it to myself, even, but I'm finally able to tell you now that I'm out that like I did it, and fuck that bitch, I'm glad she's gone."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I killed 10 other people. <laughs> Let's make this business work. I was so mad I killed some more people. Uh, uh, Let's go out on this boat. <laughs>
1: oh, so that's, those are my alternate
0: So I, I already alluded to my alternate ending earlier. and I, it, My alternate ending is simply that uh, Andy Dufresne buys a real boat that actually goes in the ocean <laughs> that doesn't need a, a bunch of sanding and, and fucking he's like doing his best Danielson impression on it and he's like fucking open fucking chested t-shirt and he's just like fucking wax on wax off we're gonna. Fucking make the shit, and when when I'm Morgan Freeman, if I show up, I'm like, bro, what the fuck?
3: I have to do work now. Like he, I actually have to yeah. work for this he shit, ain't even
0: to wax Man, he's like. He's he's trying to just just scrape the paint. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Freeman shows up and he just wants to fuck, dude. I mean, really? Are we being serious? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't want to wax this boat. I thought we were going to wax that ass, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. That's my alternate Uh, ending. Oh, beautiful. Hey, that's
2: (laughs) Reunited.
3: (laughs) That That was Shawshank
2: Redemption, guys.
4: <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
3: Nikki, did you know that you're, you're, you're bringing up the next? I mean, 50 is a big number, but we're going to continue past 50. 51 sounds nice. Oh, shit. Do you, know, do you
1: know what direction we're going with 51? I do remember now Wait, well, that isn't you just. This is the time to announce it's R- not this is episode 49 we can't buddy. talk about it yeah we got to talk I about will, that on the dress in the future there's a <laughs> draft <Hanger> <laughs> starring <laughs> sylvester stallone
2: there's a there's a draft that i'm I about forget, to, we're
3: on uh, episode 49 and we haven't even got to episode, episode 50 okay. coming out okay. oh. brad's going
2: a, on 49 <laughs> yeah so so
1: that was shawshank redemption uh tell your friends tell your enemies but just the important part is listen. Go yeah,
0: watch and it. Chances watch are none of them are like Brad. They've already seen it. Yeah. So just tell them to yeah. go
3: watch it
1: again. And tell them to listen to the pod. And um, folks,
3: just just think about this podcast. I mean, we're, we're talking movies, but you're also going to get some interesting guests. You're going to get some some interesting people giving some, some unique perspectives on things that maybe you have no uh, experience with. So yeah, that's like, what we're like doing. Whether or
1: not Brad would make it in prison, he wouldn't. Um, so. I'm actually disappointed. I thought I would make it. <laughs> I,
0: I really did. Zachary I was like, breath. man, I'm going to be the toughest prison guy. And then fucking turns out I'm Mike, just a bitch. Mike just immediately. God, he looked right Brad at me in the eyes like and was you like, guys,
1: you would you get fucked. Like, no I'm like, cheers, no cheers, no cheers.
3: So they like, God damn it. why am I out here? Um, all
1: right. Well, that's, that's Shawshank. So on Thursday, you're going to get episode 50. And that is going to be our draft of the most memorable jail or prison scenes in movies. And uh, that's gonna
3: be that's gonna be judged by uh, a guy who's well, done a lot of hard time.
1: It's fitting <laughs> it's fitting that we have Scotch Beck on, both because he's been here since the beginning uh, with BBK, so 50, it's appropriate he's our guest judge. But, yeah, also because he's done he, he, – scotch, he's been in the clink a fair bit. I think, yeah, fresh life. off a fucking adventure in Vegas. I can't wait to talk I, to him. Well,
0: well yeah, the,
3: the BBK, a... the, the IPA release. He, he went to jail that night.
0: Oh, well, yeah. That, <laughs> that
2: was a little <laughs> out of control. Uh, uh, he,
1: he still hasn't gone to trial about that. We can't <laughs> talk about that. That's true. We shouldn't
2: talk. Now <laughs> warrants. Uh,
1: allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Okay. All right. So we will see you guys on Thursday. Thank Thanks for uh checking in. Thanks for being here with me for my favorite movie. I I, I may not be back. This might be it for me. But, you did uh, great, Nate. We'll see.
2: see you guys. Ready to go out on top. Bye-bye.